crap. They're evil. Set signs of evil. Alex can outact Evil, so. That's like saying you can outact the paper bag. And now. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again. The world famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna, welcome to the show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay. Thanks, that's, guys. that's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big Two, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She Hulk right here on PSN. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. I am Zod Ryder, and our panel for tonight is the Jackal and Johnny Alpha, and we are a trio table tonight. The three amigos ride again. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. We got the triangle table action going on. Yeah, I, I, that actually not much of a round table tonight. Yeah, triangle yeah, that table. Actually, <laughs> that actually makes more sense, you know, to change the show to the tri the triads because we really <laughs> we're we're not a round table. We haven't been in a long a time. while. So yeah. Sometimes Oscar joins us, and then we can have a square table. But yeah, bunch like of ever squares. since yeah, ever since Alex left, you know, we kind of just fell apart. You know, he was the glue. Well, I mean, he helped. Make, <laughs> he actually helped make it a round table. So yeah, I agree. You know, you need you kind of need that other person. Otherwise, it's not round. Yeah, it, yeah. We we need the uh, occasional Alex isms. Yeah, sure, him. sure. Yeah, def- definitely. Like, but, uh, what, like, like much. my like my favorite, my favorite. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, he didn't add Love much, that. but but what he did add, it was gold. It was gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it shapes the table, to say the least. Sadly enough, though, he has, uh, of course, succumbed to the obsession of theft. And, of course, I'm talking about the glasses. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a ghoul. He's, he steals Those poor boxes. dead people. Yeah. And he's he thinks that, like, he's a YouTube critic now, you know what I mean? Like, no, he's a YouTube sensation. I, I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting on his review with the sunglasses. I'm waiting for him to do a review on that new Amazon Echo that you you know, you know talk to, that little like speaker tube on the other end of the room. I want to see him get one of those and review it on YouTube. I think that'd be cool. I want to see his review on the Terminator Genesis, which I know you just saw as a writer. Oh, I, I did. I actually, I got a How'd chance you, to you see See it yesterday instead of seeing fireworks. I was watching Terminator Genesis, and I was surprised that I ended up enjoying it. I'm, I really don't have a whole lot of faith in the Terminator films. I mean, the last one that I, I liked was Terminator Three, and I liked it. <laughs> kind of. You liked that movie? I, no, but, but let me finish. I liked it for I liked it for the reasons that I. I he liked, liked it for the stripper glasses that Arnold wore. That I, I liked it because <laughs> I liked it for the for the fact that it, it you know it made it made its attempts and it was what I considered. It made Cristiano like, and famous enough to be in Uwe Boll movies. Pop, was. yeah. It was, a pop, <laughs> it was a popcorn movie. That's what it was. It was and a pop. My only movie. my main issue with that movie was that they were just. You know, rethreading over what they already had done before with Terminator. Right, 2. It, was, it wasn't really. Necessary. There wasn't anything new. There was nothing necessary and, about it. 
you know, and in fact, this is one thing that, that really upset me about Salvation. Salvation went in a completely different direction and showed the future war and it showed what was going on. And that's something that I thought always, you know, would have been a great step yeah, for the franchise. Concept, but they just, didn't, but they they just, just messed it up. Right. Yeah, they, they completely pale, messed it up. shallow version of it, you know what I mean? Like, we have, we, I, you like me have wanted to see a movie about the war. I don't care if Arnold was in it. I don't even care if John or Sarah Connor's name get mentioned in it. I just wanted to see a human well, on yeah, Cyborg. Yeah, like what we've seen war. in the comics, what we've seen yeah. in the comics. We would have liked to have seen adapted into into a film that actually like what we when we talk about about Doctor Who as Whovians all the time, you know, the big topic is always the time war. We've always wanted to see a big budget thing about the time war. Well, it's the same thing here. You know, you want to see that kind of situation. You want to see what the big deal was. And 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 that's the problem I have with Genesis. looks cool i don't I, i've never been too negative it about that film it, it's just it's another one about time travel it's retreading yeah, the same it that same thing a lot, it retreads a lot and and well and basically let me, does let's the first be two films right basically one at a time guys one at a time basically let, let's be clear it gives you know it pays a lot of respect to the first two films and tries to tread its own ground at the same time, which is very complicated. And I, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I agree with some of the things that, for example, that they had James Cameron say when he came out, when they hoard him for the movie. I, I kind of think that it's that, you know, they're, they're trying to do something new. They're trying to take it further down, but again, they're, they're treading the same ground. And unfortunately that's, what I think we're going to get with these movies, no matter how many they make. And, and this was a very entertaining, you know, version of that because it did kind of, you know, tread the original films a lot closer and kind of forgets that there was ever a Terminator three or even salvation. It doesn't, I mean, those movies don't even come into play at all. So I I mean, like, Ever since Brian Singer's made that okay for filmmakers to do, they've just been running wild with the forget a sequel idea. So like, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that in the near future. Well, look, we just we saw with Jurassic World, that's doing the same exact thing. But that movie doesn't, it, doesn't really forget anything. Now, those well, that, it kind of does. It, that springboards directly off of part one, and part two and three never happen in this continuity. Really? So. Yeah, well, that's kind of I, that's it does kind of it does kind of call back a little bit to the Lost World, but I, I agree that it probably does throw away the third one, the third Why one. Why didn't it, you? But one and two, yeah, yeah, it has it has that it has that feel, and it does kind of. It's like when they did Superman Returns, and they kind of forgot that you know three and four were made. They just omitted those like they were. Yeah, that's it. Once Brian again, Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah, he created the whole forget a sequel idea. It didn't work so well with Superman Returns. But, like, when he did it with X-Men Days Up Singer's Ass, like, it completely stuck. And now everybody's like, oh, we can forget sequels now? That's so cool! And we, we're going to get it with a, the next sometimes Alien film. Sometimes it's necessary, though. Sometimes you have to, because otherwise you're shoehorned into what, you know, it's like what, what all these people were ta- are talking about with back, you know, if you go back and you read some of the threads back when they first announced they were going to do a movie, a movie that was going to have both Batman and Superman in the same movie. A lot of people were talking about, well, how are they going to for, how are they going to fit Christopher Nolan's movies into the and into the new trilogy? And they, you know, they forget that you know now we don't have to do that. We can either create, yeah, but that's, that's different. Completely or yeah, but that's different because that's just rebooting the character. Uh, you can't, can't. This is the thing. They are not really rebooting the Terminator franchise. They're going back and just erasing two sequels and continuing oh, from part one and two. Yeah, they're going to right. 
It's, it's a completely different yeah. thing. The other thing is a complete reboot of the Batman character with a new actor, with a new background story, new everything. That's it's a kind of a different concept. Concept and with superheroes, you could always reboot. Yeah, uh, the, the thing the comments, like the, they do it with every relaunch. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the thing is, you're never going to get anything that is not retreading what we've, what we've seen already with Terminator, exactly. unless they completely reboot from the beginning and start over from scratch and give you a whole brand now, new that story. That might happen. That That's might the only thing. Once. That might happen, though, once. In three in years. Space. Yeah, James Cameron, when he gets right. the right back to those movies, he'll, he might reboot it completely. Oh, God, you really think so after seeing mm-hmm. Avatar? No, I don't think so. I think, I think that he might revisit Terminator, and I think it's going to end up being worse than Salvation if he gets his hands on it again, because he is not the filmmaker he was in the 90s, in the early 90s. He is Maybe not, not but he's still a box office draw. His movies make money. So, he doesn't make a whole lot of movies. He, makes, he does not make a whole lot of movies. He makes a movie every once in a while, and it's usually a big, big monster yeah, hit. There's so. a reason. Yeah, it's a big monster hit. So, I mean, if he gets it, I mean, it won't. And th- let's be honest, he actually I, is... But really I thought we were talking about, like, somebody Terminator making Genesis. a... So I thought he, we were you know. talking about somebody making a good Terminator movie, not just one that makes money and people go see it like Avatar and then make fun of it a couple years later because well, they realize gonna, that that movie was shit after, The thing know, is, the thing the that, hype the thing that makes down me nervous, though, here's the thing. He endorses Genesis 100%. So at this point, I'm thinking maybe whatever movie he does when he gets the rights back, he's probably not going to forget about Genesis. He'll probably try to do something. Uh, but apparently they want to do a Genesis 2 in 2017. So Yeah, but this one is flopping so bad in the projection. Yeah, um, for, for, for sales, it's not, it's, it's not projected to do well. I, I don't care what critics say. Like I said, I'm actually interested in seeing this one. You know, it, it looks... It's decent. Decent. You're... I don't know about Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese. He looks like a bad Channing Tatum stand-in. But aside from him, the rest of the film looks fine. Even though I know that John, the whole John Connor thing, you know, that was spoiled in the trailers. But you know that that doesn't that didn't phase me. What whatever, you know. That well, does, here's that, the thing with, with this movie, guys. You got to you got to understand something with a Terminator movie and movies like this. You always got to remember the foreign numbers are going to be huge. The movie grossed eighty-five million opening week foreign. Domestically, it did forty-four opening week. Now we're talking about a movie that in the first week grossed 129 million dollars. It cost about what 150 million to make, so it needs to make around 300 million to break even. There's a good chance it's going to do that just on the foreign market. So whether it'll do great in the U.S. or not, maybe not, but I think it'll make enough money for a sequel to be you know made or at least profitable enough for them to go forward with it. See, Salvation completely flopped. That that it cost so much money to make that movie that they could never really they never recouped back their budget. But this had a smaller budget, so it might actually help the overall, you know, getting a sequel to it. And this is a different company also, right, that made Salvation. It's not the same studio. No, it's not the same studio. No. Paramount is uh responsible for this one whereas Warner Brothers was distributing the uh, previous film. Now, how did that happen? How did they change hands? You know, because I don't recall. Uh, it was a money thing, and then it was also there was some there was some issue with a couple other companies too. I think uh, similar to what's going on now with with Creed, the 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 Rocky, you know, the Rocky spinoff, spin-off right. where it's it's got multiple companies invested in it, not just one. I think I think actually I think it's it's Warner Brothers, and then it's a couple other companies that are united for some reason to have gotten it made which i i don't really understand all the logistics behind that but yeah it's paramount for terminator genesis and it was warner brothers for salvation 
So if Warner Brothers bailed on the Terminator franchise, it's what's well, yeah. it, it's just kind of a bigger budget version of how um, Friday the Thirteenth bounces around from studio to studio, yeah, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Pretty it just much, continues. Yeah. I mean they, I mean they're not gonna stop. I mean even if the next sequel, like if so, if Cam- Cameron gets a hold of it, you know, before they do the next, they make the next sequel. Well, here, you know, here's what the thing: it would be would it be under? That's the here's, here's the thing: the original Terminator was on Orion Pictures. Yeah. Terminator Two was on Tristan Pictures. Uh, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines and Terminator Salvation were both Warner Brothers Pictures. And then Terminator Genesis is now Paramount with uh, the sequels 2 and 3. So it's a planned trilogy. Yeah. Uh, good luck on that, guys. Uh, those are all going to be Paramount if they ever get made. So, And the release date are, are tentatively 2017 and 2018. So the next one will probably be shot back-to-back or something like that if they do that. Zod, I, I have a question. The way that this this first one, Genesis, ends, does it set up for another time travel story, or um, what 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 could we kind of look for in it a sequel kinda, to the film? You know film? what it does? It kind of it kind of wraps it up a little bit to the point where I really don't know where they're going to go with the next one. It kind of question. Matt Smith's character is um, highly talked about, which is uh, he has a uh, very uh, brief can, brief I role. Spo- but... I can spoil it if you want to. Who Matt yeah, Smith is in this movie? Uh, He's like a time those, lord. For those no, for those that don't you know that don't want to know, you cover your ears. Uh, Matt Smith is Skynet in this movie, and, and he takes apart the evil uh, John Connor robot with the sonic screwdriver, right? Yes, <laughs> he, he is. He is Skynet. He is responsible for John Connor. Uh, Does he wear a bow tie? A, no, he's re- he's responsible for John Connor becoming what he becomes in this movie. So he's. So it's his part is small, but it's but it's important to the overall arc. And also, I want to point out, and this is really weird to me. And I, and I was hoping maybe you guys would know something about this. In the opening credits for Terminator Genesis, he spelled it. Oh, they called his yeah. They called his they called him Matthew Smith in the movie, not Matt Smith. Oh well, no, I, I wasn't uh, referring to that. I don't know if you saw. There's a I haven't seen the movie in theaters, so I don't know, but I saw a clip where it showed that showed the title sequence in the beginning and they spelled Genesis with the I and not with the Y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that in the theater also like that? And not in the theater I saw it in. Oh, okay, cuz that's been circling the internet. It it's been so they obviously corrected it in some in time markets. for some <laughs> some markets. I don't know. Maybe maybe it just depends on what print you got. But that was the one thing I noticed. Matt Smith went under Matthew Smith, and that was bizarre to me. Like, why would he do that? He's known as Matt Smith. He's not known as Matthew Smith. And then, maybe it's like nitpicking, but I mean, come on, man. He's he's known maybe worldwide. He's the a, doctor he's as a, Matt Smith. What the hell? He's a prestigious actor now. He's an American film, so he's got to step it up to Matthew. And it's I, I, don't, I still don't get it, though. I, it doesn't make <laughs> sense. You're, you're known as Matt Smith already. You're, that's your name. That's what you care. You have, you have the Jackal. You have Zod Rider. You have Johnny Alpha. You have names that you're, that you're building. I was actually which... thinking of changing it to Jonathan Alpha, to tell you the truth. You know, to be... <laughs> All right, and well, I was thinking about changing mine to El Jackal. But that's just yeah. which one oh, okay. well, put, put a little pretension on it. You know what I mean? Like... Now, check this out. The original series, let's look at the box office number for, for a second here. Uh, the original Terminator grossed $38 million in its lifetime gross. So when people are saying this movie's flopping, in what sense? It's making yeah, more money in opening Termin- week. 
the original Terminator came out when movies were seventy five cents at the theater. Yeah, but Star Wars made four hundred million dollars. So yeah, that's but not this an wasn't Star Wars. This was E.T. made, made three hundred and eighty million. So that's not yeah, an excuse. Yeah, but nobody knew who James Cameron was when this movie was made. Those films were made by. I mean, but, Star, my, my Star point Wars was is, a weird one, but E.T. My, was my made by Steven is, Spielberg, who already was a name. My and, point is, Judgment Day made two hundred and four million dollars, right? And that's because people knew who James Cameron was by then, right? Dude. But that's in nineteen ninety one. We've had blockbuster movies at that time, so it, it did well. It did really, really well. I mean, it, you know, it was a great, it was a big blockbuster. Uh, but you're not talking about a movie that grows four or five hundred million dollars domestically. None of these movies are are going to do that. These are just not built for that. I guess they don't have the audience for it. Well, what you so, gotta. But what they're doing is they're putting this on the same pedestal as Jurassic Turd that made a billion dollars in 13 days. Like It's unfair. It is because if you look at the Terminator franchise, as you're pointing out, it's never been just right. a, a See, Jurassic Park made it's been, an R, it's been an R-rated right. franchise to boot. I mean, let's For, be honest. Jurassic, Jurassic Park grossed $400 million domestically. That movie made a ton of money. Look, uh, let's look at Rise of the Machines. That made $150 million. Uh, Salvation's made $125 million. So that's the pattern. Uh, this movie will probably make record. 120, 118 million around there. You know, that'll probably be around where it ends up. Uh, and that's on par with the other ones. A little bit less than, than the other ones, but uh, that's kind of what happens with these sequels when you get to, like, the fourth and fifth and the sixth and the seventh sequels. So I don't know how big they expected, you know, this movie to be, but it's performing where it, actually where it should perform considering what it is. Well, the way that they look at it, man, if it doesn't make a billion dollars, then it's shit. You know, that that's Hollywood's thinking, not mine, bro. You know, I don't care about money made or what critics say. That's just how it's looked at by the general audience and by Hollywood. And I don't think it's fair. They're looking at it like, well, we got the girl from Game of Thrones. This should be huge. You know, we got this guy and that guy to be in it. Like, these guys, they put butts on seats. This movie should make a billion dollars if dinosaurs... Yeah, none of those... None of those people put butts on seats, but Chris Pratt is a very uh, hot actor right now. Everybody wants to see Chris Pratt, so that's one reason why Jurassic World maybe got a lot of buzz. But I think there's just a nostalgic thing with Jurassic World, and dinosaurs have always been popular. So that's, you know, and it's a family-friendly movie like Zod Ryder pointed out earlier. And the marketing was just phenomenal for Jurassic World. I mean, it had great, great marketing from the uh, online, you know, campaigns to the uh, to the trailers, which were all really good. Uh, I, I mean, thought that the trailers just were garbage, it. man. But I like the trailers. Just... The trailers actually well, made me excited to watch the movie. Well, I know, because you're a big fan of the film, too. You no, know? I mean, no, I'm no, just... no. I'm not a huge fan of the originals, either. I'm just I'm, I'm an average fan. I'm a, I, I like the the first one a little bit, uh, dug the second one a little bit, the third one eh, it was okay, but it wasn't nothing special. But I'm not like a huge fanatic or anything. But the trailers and all the, the media, that I, stuff that I saw on the internet looked good. It made but, me but, actually excited for this. But I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back to the Terminator thing and the way it's being looked at. People are looking down their nose at it, seeing this they consider this to be a remake, even though it's not. They're seeing it as a remake, and they're pointing. It, it, this movie is going to get picked on specifically because they feel that it's some Michael Bay esque ruining of their childhood. That's what I read on. Uh, yeah, that, is, that is stupid. Yeah, I agree with that. That's stupid. I, I read that all over the internet, mm-hmm. and it's no more. But see, the thing is, if it's being looked at like that, that's that's the problem because that's silly. You're shit, gonna get man. you're gonna get that with every. You're gonna get that with any attempt. With a lot of these movies now, because there's been, like Jackal was pointing out, there's been so many of them. I mean, how many more do you want them to make? They're just trying to continue to vitalize, revitalize a franchise that really hasn't been doing stellar for a long time. But like you said, it's getting the audience that it pretty much is meant to be getting. I mean, I don't really see 
how much better you know it can do. I, I wasn't expecting it to make billions of dollars at the box no, office either. I expected either. it to do about as good as the Star Trek movies that, because that's basically how. <laughs> no, I think I, I, no, I think the Trek. The no, but the Trek universe is a, a much bigger. It has a much bigger fan base than the Terminator universe. Uh, there's a lot more Trekkies out there than there are Terminator fans. It's yeah, just, ab- absolutely. I mean, so, it, it. You know, again with Terminator, day. You, you, yeah, Terminator. Essentially, I think they probably they have this, they have this great franchise that again, could be, you know, successful and was successful starting out when it started out as an R-rated franchise. And I and I don't really think that that really makes too much of a difference nowadays because PG-13 seems to be the general trend. But I don't think that they're going to make that much more money no matter what they do no matter how great the movie is i mean it's just it has its audience and that's who's gonna pay to see it so i don't know i'm you know at the end of the day this summer you know whose stock in hollywood has blown up crazy uh, Will uh, well, uh no uh, no uh, <laughs> uh chris pratt no, no. <laughs> well besides this no colin trevorrow is that the kid playing spider-man no man, that's the dude who directed Jurassic World or Jurassic yeah, well, Jurassic World. Uh, he's a he, that's his first movie ever, by the way. Uh, that's the first movie this guy's directed. And it's oh yeah, now, now this guy can write his own ticket and can do whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah, yeah, Zack much. Snyder All part two, good for yeah, him. Yeah, he's going to be the next Zack Snyder because he'll well, be he, able to. You know he'll you know he'll direct uh, Jurassic World part two. You know that's coming. Absolutely. Oh, and he's going to direct a Superman movie. He'll probably do Man of Steel too. He's going to be a. Uh, uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of Superman, and and I want to give the I just want to give the on another topic. Speaking of Superman, yeah, let's move on give, from the Terminator. I just I want to <laughs> give this spoiler away to those of you who have not seen Ted two. This was the funniest thing ever. They were in. The, they were Ted and the and the girl and and Marky Mark were in were at Comic Con and they made the announcement at Comic Con and it was like this. They said. And the next Superman is Jonah Hill, and and Marky Mark was like, "Look!" It was it was hilarious. It was the best scene in the movie. Jonah Hill as Superman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That right there just <laughs> totally yeah mind. yeah like it, like there's there's no possible way that that would ever be, but the way it was mm, done in the no. movie was hilarious. I heard I it one time he was actually in the running to play Green Lantern, though. To tell you the truth. I think that was Seth Green, wasn't it? Little Seth Green? <laughs> no? I, I don't know. <laughs> We'd have a little midget. We'd the, the, short, the shortest Green Lantern ever. Yeah, a little midget <laughs> leprechaun Green Lantern. <laughs> My name is Green. Just make me the leprechaun. Come on, make me Green Lantern. My name is Green. Oh, but, but Jonah Hill as Superman? I mean, really? He, <laughs> he could at least act better than Super Henry Fatterman. Cavill, so... I, Ouch. I guess they could CGI him skinny. I don't know. They made they made Chris Evans look like a little scrawny midget in the first Captain America. So I guess they could make him look like Superman in CGI. I guess I don't know. Well, maybe you can have plastic surgery like that Superman uh, wannabe. Yeah, yeah. How about he it? He keeps having all that plastic surgery. Maybe they could have uh, twenty. Th- he'll get that that gentleman had <laughs> twenty three plastic surgeries. <laughs> twenty three, and he and he's still not done because now he wants to have. Abs permanently implanted. See, that's cra- that's crazy to me. Like, at some point, you just gotta say, okay, dude. Instead of plastic surgery, you need like just a, a, a psychotherapist. Out. You need a therapist. Yeah. When you're when you're like getting abs implanted into you, first of all, the dude's lazy as hell. 
Because if you want to have abs, just work out. Like Johnny was saying, just yeah, get in some time at the gym. That's what I said when I saw and start working out. I'm like, what's, what's the problem? You can well, the guy's, it's not like the guy's obese or anything. He, he could use, you know, a He's little a bit of a treadmill. But... Guy. He's a scrawny-looking yeah. dude from the Philippines. He could, could use a treadmill. He could work out a little bit, and he could take some uh, – Take some pro, have some protein shakes and build himself up, and he can look like, make himself look like that if he wants to. Really, he doesn't need surgery. Watch, it's... yeah, dude. Watch Star Trek Nemesis. Look at Tom Hardy in that, and see what he became by the time he was in Bronson. If that is not proof that a scrawny little fucker can become huge, ginormous Hulk, man, I, I don't know what is. Absolutely, Amen that's a good. That. That's a good example. I mean, Hardy is really. I mean. <laughs> he was tiny. Yeah. Watch him in like Rock and Roller or Star Trek Nemesis. He was a scrawny little dude, and then by the time he was in Batman, I mean, like he's ready to play the damn Red Hulk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but he was—he wasn't really even that big in Batman. It was like there, there was more like camera angles that helped him out, really, because there's a couple of scenes that you could tell he wasn't that big. Well, his I mean, arms got real. swollen. I mean, as big as a little dude like him could get, he got huge, man. That's all eh, I'm saying. He got pretty big. Especially but he wasn't in like big. Bronson and Fighter. I mean, he he goes buff for a couple of films. He's there. pretty buff. He's pretty buffed in Mad Max too. Ironically, he's more. I'd say he's about as buffed as uh, Mel Gibson was in the third one. I finally saw Mad Max the other day, by the way. And... Amazing film, right? Oh, dude, best film of the year. End of story. Mm, I wouldn't say that. It was okay. It, it, it was slightly better than Kung Fury, which makes it the best film of the year so far. Mm, slightly, slightly better than Kung Fury. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, Kung Fury was. I don't know. That's that, yeah. That's that's got my nomination for film of the year. I think Johnny. I don't know. Kung uh, Fury. Seeing how the world moves forward post Kung Fury, that 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 is how film needs to progress. You know, like that, that whole movie was just epic. That yep, absolutely. That's my bicep. And it was only thirty one. Kung Fury. I, uh, I just, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to, you know, film, film of the year, yeah, I mean, it definitely deserves it. it deserves to be nominated. I, I think that Kung Fury should be in the Avengers movies from now on. You know what I mean? He really should. Like, he belongs there, in my opinion. I mean, even a little scene, like an homage to the <laughs> character. I mean, that'd be great. But Marvel Comics would have to pick Kung Fury up as a character, though. Which would be nice. They could, yeah. <laughs> it would be great. Yeah, I mean, they got all this weird stuff going on with Secret Wars where they got like all these really silly books like uh, Where Monsters Roam and Weird World and stuff. So they might as they could just pick Kung Fury up and be like, yeah, he's kind of like an alternate version of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. You know, that, that would work. That'd be epic, yeah. He's a cop from the future. <laughs> well, oh, my favorite one is when he's with that chick and she rubs his arm and goes, yep, that's my bicep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie is so just awesome. Yes, awesome on every level. I don't know. So oh. did you guys read the news that came out on uh, comicbook.com uh, with, regarding Zack Snyder and his defense of the, uh, well, the violence basically, in Men of Steel. There was violence in that movie? Well, you know, the, the amount of destruction very, and the very, violence. And... He took a very intelligent approach to it. I was kind of surprised. I think it was all summed up by the Ant-Man trailer where they fight on the Thomas the Tank Engine set. I, I think that really like shows how people felt about the violence in Man of Wood. That, that's a really cool scene, too, by the way, in Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that—that—that that, that sold me on wanting to see the film. I was kind of yep. iffy about it, but when I saw that trailer with the Thomas the Tank Engine fight scene, that I was, was like, so cool. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it looks epic. Honestly, Ant Man looks like it's going to be a great film. Yep. Yeah, no, I can't like, wait. That I can't like wait to see. Guardians of the Galaxy all over again, in my opinion. Yep. So. Now check this out. The article says what it what. What is it that turns a uh, good man cruel? Well, Ben Affleck's iteration of Bruce Wayne can tell you, and the words are being put in his mouth, at least, well, they're putting something in his mouth, at least in part by Zack Snyder, who committed on the massive, uh, co- commented on the massive property damage and loss of life at the end of his blockbuster Men of Steel in a new interview as part of the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice write-up uh, on Entertainment Weekly. Snyder told the magazine that's the thesis of Superman for me. Uh, that you can't just have superheroes knock around and have uh, there be no consequences. One of the things I liked was uh, Zach's idea of showing accountability and consequences of violence and seeing that there are real people in these buildings, added Batman actor Ben Affleck. And in fact, uh, and in fact, one of those buildings was Bruce Wayne's building, so he knew people who died at the uh, Black Zero event. I guess that's what they're calling the uh, fight, Black Zero event. Um, now check this out though. Uh, this actually goes with some of the images we've seen from like the the production of uh, Batman vs Superman, where you see Bruce Wayne kind of like looks like he's running away from something. I, like I have a feeling they're gonna show like a sequence uh, that it has the the time you know the sequence taking place within the actual battle with Zod and Superman in this movie, and uh, it's gonna be seen from like Bruce Wayne's point of view where you see the destruction and the people like dying in that building. That sounds pretty brilliant, to be honest. I mean, because you're getting you're That's getting something they're, they're different. You're getting something different. You're getting a, like a like a like a very humanistic perspective of everything, and I, I think that that's. That sounds great, really. But I mean, you know, it's funny they're only doing this, I think, because of the fact that people were like, "Hey, what happened with all this?" <laughs> but I, it sounds like that was it sounds like that was kind of their plan going in with the script for the next movie oh, because I don't they know, man. because I don't know think that. about it. The reason watch, why the reason why Snyder's I say movies, that is his because they are, his characters are one dimensional. They usually have like one emotion know. each. Well, remember, so. we did get a better we did get a better writer on board. We got the Argo writer David on Boyer. board. No, not David Goyer, the the Argo writer. Chris Terrio. Chris yeah, Terrio. we got the guy that wrote Argo to come in. And yeah, but that's like the only movie he's script. ever written, and now he's writing Superman versus Batman. Or Batman. What I mean, look, yeah. the guy's written one movie. What yeah, but qualifies it, 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 he's, he's good at writing. It sounds, he wrote a decent historical easy. drama about something that happened in the seventies. So that means he's brilliant at writing Batman stories. Like right, I don't right, get your comic book here. movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, a guy <laughs> who's never written a comic book movie has written one movie in his life. And yeah, it sure. Let's get him for Batman. Yeah, like he just took somebody else's book and and turned it in. I mean, I, I guess that, that qualifies him a bit. But I mean, there's a lot to Batman. There's a lot that you're gonna have to do to get him right to get people to shut up and enjoy your film. So I I really hope that this guy oh, that, really I mean, can from, step from up. What they're talking about, from what, how they're describing it, and how seriously that they're discussing it, it does sound like it's going in a definitely going in a mature direction, and it's definitely going to be something that's going to be unique in that we are going to be see mature the because it's shot oh. all. It's all sh- it's shot all edgy and like it's wannabe Nolan style, but like, no, that's, that's about as mature as it's going to get. Consequences of the the consequences of all of the all of the death and destruction and everything there. And you're, obviously, Superman is being held accountable for what happened. Obviously, there's going to be something that's going to show you know going to show the overall view from the by, from, uh, from the eyes of the people that's what and, it looks like i mean and just, by two-thirds into the film they're gonna be buddies fighting lex luther so who gives a fuck i mean honestly blonde long hair lex luther saw that picture 
I mean, the end of this long, film long starts the Justice League. All right, so like well, it, apparently from consequences, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. They're saying that Wonder Woman is going to be the linchpin that causes the Justice League. I don't know. My thing is, why is she in the middle of uh, Superman and Batman when it's Superman or Batman versus Superman? Like she's not even in the title. Like why even put her in the image? Why call it Batman oh. versus Superman if she's going to be a major character and? Why not just call it Dawn of Justice? And or call it Trinity, like the comic book right. had all three of them in it. They could, yeah, they could call it Trinity Dawn of Justice. That'd be cool. Right, much better than Batman versus Superman. Hey, guys, they, yeah, they heard it first on the roundtable show. Trinity Dawn of Justice, come on, think about it. They don't even need to call it Batman versus Superman. But see, we don't know what her role is in the battle between those two, though. But clearly she has an important role in the film. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, well, I mean, you know that they're going to fight. There's going to be some fisticuffs going on. But by the end of the film, they're going to be buddies. All right. So I mean, like this God, whole there's that. consequences. There's, there's consequences. They're not going to be that deep of consequences if they're going to end up being fucking friends at the end of this thing, dude. My honestly. thing is though, with that with that Batman suit, the robotic suit, even that suit, unless it's made out of Krypton, which it clearly isn't, because he's standing right in front of Superman. He's not weak. Um, and that one still image that, I, that I'm looking at here. Uh, but unless, you know, that's some kind of Kryptonian thing, there's no way that he even stands a chance fighting Superman one-on-one without Kryptonite. It just, there's no chance whatsoever. So I don't understand how this yeah, fight's going to be. We don't know, if he's not, don't know he's not going to have Kryptonite, though. He might. I mean, it's... Well, they don't even have Kryptonite, period, in this universe yet. So, I mean, like, the whole just us guessing about this is, is moot. You know what I mean? Like, they, they've obviously made Superman weaker than he is in the comic books because, like, they, he's, he's going to have to fight Batman on some kind of even level. And like Jackal said, if he was even in the radius of him where he is in that suit and he had Kryptonite, Superman wouldn't be floating in front of him. He'd right, so he does not have like, Kryptonite. That's a dead giveaway. There's no kryptonite in this because if not, he would be on the ground in in pain. So, well, uh, would... it also depend on where the kryptonite is and where if he has it. Like Batman at that point might have kryptonite, but he just not he, might. He's not hiding be it in lead. Yeah, like, he might be hiding it so that Superman doesn't know that it's that, there. What does he have? Like a does he have like a lead based utility belt or something like a? Yeah, that's silly, bro. <laughs> That's but, very we, but then again, we don't know. That's why I'm saying there's no way yeah. of knowing until we see the film. So well, it's... in the comics that they're taking these images from, he he drops a nuke on him, which is not going to happen in this film. So I I I I'm, I want to see what they're going to do, but I'm really not expecting it to be very interesting, to tell you the truth, because this is the sequel to Man of Steel. I mean, not according to Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill says it's not a sequel to Man of Steel. But it's it's definitely a follow up film. <laughs> it's got to be a follow up. You can't. Yeah, that's what I say. You can't say that it's not a sequel to Man of Steel because it it if Man <laughs> of Steel essentially is, was their launch pad for their DC cinematic universe, then this is definitely a sequel. Yeah, that's Man like them going like Avengers. It's not a sequel to Iron Man. He, he's in it, and like the stuff that happened in his movies do do count. But do it's not a sequel to this film. But it's not a <laughs> It's just it's just a part of the overall universe, you know. I I don't know. I I see the Marvel films all as one big thing, you know what I mean? And yeah, I, like you could like they could get some fan editor to come in and could edit them all together and make one big like 
telefilm. <laughs> and, and and that's how I see the, how they're trying to do this DC universe. Because like I look at the stuff for um the After Earth Squad. Oops, I mean Suicide Squad. And I see Batman fighting Joker on a roof. So I mean, this is obviously going to tie in to Dawn of Busters. You know what I mean? Because Batman's in it. And like I hear that there's going to be a flashback. Well, apparently, apparently, the Suicide Squad film is so dark that they've got. Uh, psychologists on set oh. for the actors. Is that not it's, the it's cheesiest, a, that cheesiest is, star you've ever heard? Yeah, ever that's ever so heard. retarded. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are we talking about Seven here? Are we talking about I Saw <laughs> the Devil? What are we talking about with We're this? Talking about a movie what, what happened? Big Willie style can take uh, being, you know, dead shot. What happened? Big Willie couldn't do it? Well, yeah. Having, having a hard time? Big Will, I don't cuss in my raps. Smith is going to make a movie so dark it's going to make Serbian film fans cry because this thing needs, needs therapists on set because it's so vile and it's like I know that I get David Ayer's directing it. So he made evil he, and sick. He made he made <laughs> Fury, you know, and that's a hard film to watch. But this is not going to be Fury. This is a studio mandated DC film with Will Smith in it. All right, like how dark can it really be? I mean, you see the Joker; he looks like. Justin Bieber in a pink Corvette. I mean, like, how dark can that possibly actually get? I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Looks like the transgender Joker. Trans Joker. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe trans Joker. I mean, we'll call him TJ for short. Hey, <laughs> <TJ. laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Like after Earth Squad. Uh, funny. It it I, I, I wanted After to, Earth Squad. <laughs> I wanted to have hope for it. I really thought that it could be DC's Guardians of the Galaxy, but it really likes looks like they, they shot that one in the ass, you know what I mean? But especially making it a Batman movie, because anybody that thinks that it's not gonna be a Batman movie in disguise, just go in the bathroom and slap yourself right now because Well look of course it's gonna have Batman in it. Look one of the images even shows Batman on top of the uh, the car the Joker's driving. Uh the Joker mobile, I guess you can call it, but uh you have to have Batman in this. You can't have a Suicide Squad movie with the Joker in it and not have Batman in there somewhere. It's so well, right. I mean, it doesn't they, make sense. Yeah. You know, they gotta have well, there's sense. been a lot of Suicide Squad comics that have had the Joker in it, and usually Harley Quinn just beats his ass. Batman never shows up in it. <laughs> yeah, but that won't fly cinematically, bro. You know that. Well, no, well, especially because to... they're trying to build this ginormous cinematic universe, universe yeah. that, they, that they don't it have yet. Yeah. So. They're trying to make it out of two films, so whatever. There you go. Pretty much. Guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have more geek news right here on The Roundtable. Imagine yeah. no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman, homepage.com. The George Rodriguez Show. Ooh. 
I said the George Rodriguez show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fella. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez show is much more than adequate. Night out on the town, $75. So. So? So, how about a blowjob? Having the nerve to ask such a question? $12 bottle of wine. Are you crazy? My parents might say. Come on. Who's going to see us at this hour? I'll return the favor. Wait, can you imagine if we got caught? Oh, my God, what my dad would do to you. There's nobody around. Everybody's asleep. No, wait. It's way too risky. Please. I love you so much. Actually, using a line like that, another $12 bottle of wine. I just can't. Please? Dad says to go ahead and give him a blowjob. Or I can do it. Or if need be, he'll come down himself and do it. But for God's sake, tell him to take his hand off the intercom. Having a girlfriend whose father has a sense of humor? Priceless. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Go ninja, go ninja. To your mother. Kraft Mac and Cheese Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shapes. Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go! You know you love it. There's a war going on in the streets. It's the War on Thirst. Sprunk is winning the War on Thirst with the new grenade-shaped cans. Hey, yo, pull the pin and blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Boom! Now that's the sound of refreshment. Sprunk. 
Go AWOL from the Cola Wars with an energizing mix of lemon, lime, ten times the caffeine and sugar. Plus, mercury and benzene for that extra pop. Yo, it'll bring the temperature right up. And the bubbles. Other beverages use carbon dioxide. But use ether to kick up that phase. Thanks to all that mercury, you won't remember anything that tasted so good. Now pick up a Sprunk Thermal Nufia six-pack. Kill thirst and liven up the party. Toss your friends a Sprunk in the grenade-shaped cannon into the Sprunk sweepstakes where you can win a real case of grenades. Sprunk, blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Rest in peace, bro. Hold your peace, bro. Speak your peace, bro. Ain't no peace, bro. And there must be an imaginary line. All those and we are coming back, and we're about to get our mixtapes together and stick them in a bag and see how many people enjoy them. What do you think, Jackal? Going to start giving mixtapes away in the drive You know, I'm, I'm going to start working at McDonald's, so I'm going to go and apply this week so I can get a job at McDonald's. So when my next hip-hop mixtape is ready to be released to the streets, I could have an extra outlet for marketing. So I could have an extra avenue to promote myself, because according to one gentleman, this is the way to do it. The way you get your music heard is by giving it away, placing it for free in children's Happy Meals. Well, when, he first, came out, when he first came out, I, I heard their fitty got really big by his mixtapes and but I never really heard how people got got a hold of them so this is a new way maybe Finny worked way. at McDonald's you know and did this Could at be. one point I mean yeah now check out this is from from your neck of the woods here Zod Ryder from Chicago a teenager named Tejan Granger was reportedly fired from his job at McDonald's for allegedly placing his mixtape in children's happy meals rather than the usual toy so he I guess he was stealing the toys and putting the mixtape in there is that what was going on or putting the t- uh, mixtape in the bag instead of the toy. Yeah. Right, right, right. He was taking the, the toy and putting the mixtape. Now, Tijan apparently included his rap mixtape in with the Happy Meals within a paper disc holder. On the mixtapes, uh, it was printed the title of the project, which is called <clears throat> Tales from a Rail Nega. That was printed on the disc. Yeah, that's a, that market. sounds like something any kid could enjoy. Right, because I mean, like, this is what this is how you get kids started young, listening to great music. Put in their uh, Happy Meals. That's classic kid stuff right there. Now he says, uh, I bought my son a Happy Meal, and inside came a mysterious CD, says Sarah Platt. I, like any other parent, would assume that a CD was for children, and then I played the CD in my car and my, for my son while we drove home, and Lord Jesus have mercy on Tajan. The mixtape was dreadful. Not only was it completely inappropriate, but it also was the weakest set of bars I've ever heard, said Platt. <laughs> so... <laughs> So she was expecting, like, classical music, I take it? Um. I guess. Uh, it is believed that Tijan has been sneaking his mixtapes and Happy Meals for about two weeks already, and it could be up to about 300 meals uh, where Tejan has uh, put his mixtapes in. Tejan defended his actions by saying he, his mixtape was so hot, it would keep the Happy Meals warm for hours. <laughs> That's hot. Now, oddly, no parents before Platt had confronted uh, Tejan or even bothered to speak with the store manager about the mixtapes. Experts believe the parents were uh, and children might have actually enjoyed some of uh, Trap's beats included in the mixtapes. Uh, Tejan has since been fired from McDonald's and is now looking to sign with Puff Daddy. I don't know what he's going to do. But is he seriously? Go. No, no. That's, oh. I had that part in there. 
Okay. Well, I didn't know if Puff Daddy was still in the game. I mean, after <laughs> after that whole making of the band thing with that guy Choppa and stuff like that, I mean, like, Choppa. he really... Yeah, he really shouldn't be, like, signing talent. So, like, I was thinking maybe this guy should go with, um, I don't know, <laughs> ICP. I think ICP would totally sign this guy, and he's in the right neck of the um, Midwest for them to get a hold of. So. Now, Zod Ryder, have you been to this McDonald's before? Uh, which McDonald's? It's in, it's in, Chica- it's in Chicago. That's, uh, yeah. you know, it's in your neck yeah, of the woods. There's obviously only one. There. <laughs> well, there's so I mean, there's so many. There's only one McDonald's in, in Chicago. There's only one. It's no, small company. no. It's not it's like a major metropolis. I probably have. It's possible. I mean, I may have been there before. I don't know. And you've never been blessed with one of these mixtapes? Well, I don't think no, Zod buys happy meals, do you, bro? No, not really. I mean, every now and then, like, I think I bought it every now and then because I well, might buy one for my nephew or something, you know, oh, okay. in that case. But I don't, you know. Like that. But no, I don't. Yeah, I haven't actually bought a Happy Meal for myself in I don't know how long for a long time because they were when they were giving away Batman uh, figurines when the Dark Knight was out. I I did it so I could get the Joker and Batman figures that they figurines that they were. You did that? I mean, like don't yeah, you collect- back just say what they are. As I'd write their toys. Back when you Toys. you were trolling Nolan fans <laughs> online, you went to McDonald's and got. Oh yeah, I got them definitely, Toys? and I gave them I gave them away. Oh, of course I, you I, did. I, yeah. yeah, I I pawned them. <laughs> I got, I've got one Joker that I keep on my uh, on a wall unit that I have. In I'm the room. Nolan Knight. And I don't even have those. I didn't yeah. even know they had them, and I don't I don't care about Nolan personally, but yeah. Like I, the Dark Knight, that's a hell of a thing. Like they're they're mad at this guy for selling mixtapes out of Happy Meals, but like it's okay to give him shit from the Dark Knight. I mean, that's kind of like a skewed line right there because they're both pretty adult orientated, offensive things for children, in my opinion. I know a lot of parents that, that um, a lot of my friends that are parents that won't let their kids watch that movie. I think it's stupid. I think that movie's silly as hell. But they seem to think that it's some kind of like hard hitting, edgy film. So yeah, but the yeah, difference that's is Batman is, that it had. Yeah, but Batman is still Batman. It's still a Batman movie, so parents don't look at it. Not all parents look at it that way, Johnny. I mean, most people see it as just a Batman film, you know, with the Joker in it. So that's why those Happy Meals took place. Yeah, yeah, and they actually, you know, kind of resemble the characters in the movie, the the figurines. They I don't have. even remember where those were out. I, I had no idea that. Does does the Joker actually look like the Heath Ledger Joker, or does it look more like Beetlejuice? Because I bet it probably looks. Oh, really it looks cool. like it looks like the Heath Leather Ledger Joker, and it has well, a. You look like Beetlejuice, anyways. So, like, my point was made for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's you know the purple, you know the per- cheap purple suit and makeup. That's all in there. <laughs> yeah. He wishes he was as cool as Jared Leto. <laughs> he wishes he had a purple Corvette that Batman would fight him on. Yeah, all Jokers want a purple Corvette. Uh, maybe, uh, what's his name? Didn't Cesar Romero want a purple Corvette in the 1960s? Oh, man. He, he's the one that made it cool. <laughs> God damn it. Uh. Yeah. Well, Johnny, what do you think about One Punch Man being made into an anime? Well, I mean, like, I love... <laughs> I love the art form of anime. I haven't read One Punch Man. I hear good things about the manga, that's, that's but great. but I, I like good manga getting actually turned into um, uh, uh, anime. And I like that when they do it, they actually 
just do a complete adaptation of it, like they did with Knights of Sidonia and a couple others, like uh, Helsing which, Ultimate. Which we one. have to, which we have to mention that now that you said Knights of Sidonia, we have to mention that season two is now on Netflix. Is it? Yes, it is. So, oh. so if you need, you know, so if you need plug to assistance, plug. I'm plugging net plugging Netflix again because yeah, no, no, this is the perfect season. time. Knights of Sidonia season two, Battle for Planet Nine. You get to meet Smoogie in it. Like I haven't watched it yet. I have read the manga that that it's based on though, and it's it's badass. If you thought season one was cool, like this one's gonna kick its ass. If they follow the comics as good as the first season did. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but if it's if it's as if it's as good as season one or better, that's all we can hope for. It's going to be awesome. Pow, pow! I didn't know that was up Indubitably. already. Indubitably, yep. I, I've watched. I, I yeah, I know that the the subtitled ones were up on the stream sites, but I didn't. I haven't gotten around to them yet. But yeah, I'm going to check out the the Nutflux version now. Yeah, that's I, great. Good stuff. Because like I don't mind watching anime and subtitled, but I don't if I don't have to. You know, if there's a dub, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, it's just e- easier if there's a dub because then you, know, you you know you can be doing other things or you can hear right. it, understand it without having to read it full. You know, I, I don't really have a problem with subtitles because I, I don't mind it, especially you know for. You know, a movie, you live know, action foreign films. Movie and you're getting in there. live action, yeah. But but anime, you know, live yeah, action. you can. Yeah, anime. Yeah. The voice, act, the Japanese voice you actors are just as silly as the American ones. Yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of cases, it doesn't really matter. It, you know, it just it just depends on how much attention you want to pay to what you're watching at that point. And for an anime or a cartoon, it's just silly to you know be reading subtitles. <laughs> Well, there's, there's a lot of sub-dub Nazis out there, but yeah, I ain't one of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't... Uh, it really doesn't bother me either way. If I'm invested in the story, whether it's subtitled or dubbed, I really, it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of times I like to compare, you know, compare to see which which is better. And I will do that in, in some cases if it's something that I really like. Like for Macross, I was like that. I was like, well, I want to hear the original, you know, Japanese. And for Akira, too, I wanted to hear the original Japanese. And then if I like the, the English dubbing and... You know, so it, it just depends. It just depends well, on what your preferences are. Well, Macross, like the only English version you actually can get dubbed is Robotech, which well, they, is they actually which is a, they actually dubbed, but they actually dubbed the original Macross in English as well a couple oh, years they? ago, I believe, back in uh, two thousand and eight. And there's this, uh, I, I, you know, what I'll point you, I'll point you to it. Uh, I'll point you to it later. John. I got a DVD it's, set. Um, I think that Sentai Filmworks put out, and it's Japanese only. So like, I watched that subtitled. And it's a completely different show from Robotech, really. Yeah, oh, it. definitely, definitely, it is. But there is a dubbed version, and you there is a dubbed version in English with, uh, with, uh, with a more with a more modern anime group. Uh, it was done, I believe, it was done in two thousand and eight. Yeah, so that's probably got all the guys that are do um, voice acting now. So like, yeah, that's, uh, that's- it has a lot of the it has a lot of the Trigun actors, and uh, although. I, I can't remember her name. The actress that plays Minmay, the Japanese actress who does Minmay, her does her voice in uh, for the Japanese version of Macross. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she actually no, learned English well enough to do the 
to do the English dub. She was the only original. So, Mac- so the singing's actually good. It's not stage lights flashing. Definitely right, smashing. right. They actually they use the original. They <laughs> yeah, use the, the voice original. of an angel. Yeah, they oh, use the original. She, well, because dude, she does. She stops the entire intergalactic <laughs> war. The aliens get so hard up for this hot Asian. Girl, that they decide that they don't want to fight us earthlings. Right, that's the point of that's girls. the point of Macross. The point of Macross is that is that lo- the power of love will save will save the universe, and that or you that can... Asian girls are hot enough to make aliens stop killing. Yes, humans. exactly. Like you know, because later on when they do when they do the subsequent sequels and they do Macross two, and then they they give the, they do the same thing, and then they say, oh. The Minmay attack isn't working, and the, the the hot Asian girls that they're using to stop the to stop the alien invasion isn't doing anything because they're immune to the to the attack, and so they're immune to love. So it kind of you know complicates things for the heroes of that particular movie. But but yeah, it's it's the idea that love will save the universe. Hot um, Asian girls, yes. Yeah, hot Asian girls and love. You know, yeah. Isn't that the same concept for Interstellar? Love will save the universe. Kind of, kind of, just sort of, right? kind of, sort of, just without all the hot singing Asian girls. Yeah, that was more yeah, like inter- that, yeah, that Interstellar like could use that. Yeah. That was more like family love, you know. Come on, Murph, I gotta save the world. Right, Murph, right, right. On. It was that was yeah, that was more of a family thing. Where where this was the idea here of Macross was to give all of the intergalactic invaders uh, erections. To give, so yeah, to give the, the <laughs> evils and trotty got boners from hot Asian girls, and they decided to stop fighting us because the little midget, like, because like humans are like tiny to them, but it doesn't matter, man. That shit's hot. <laughs> I think we've just I think we've just summed up Macross in like the most cool way ever, Johnny. I mean for real. That's exactly what it is. I mean you just yeah, give the give the alien invaders boners and yeah. It's cool. Works. Somebody should have told Tom Cruise, you know, he's has all these troubles with aliens all the time and all he needed to ever do <laughs> is have a Asian girl. I mean poor little midget. Who could sing? <laughs> could put her- By the way, that's very un PC, uh, there, uh, Johnny. It's little people. Little people. <laughs> you got to say it properly, like, little people. Little people. I'm still getting sued too. If he ever hears this, he's going to sue me in France. Yeah. Who is? Tom Cruise. He doesn't like being made fun of, even by. Well, people. he is. He is a little people. He doesn't like to hear that. Like, like back in the day, like when he'd do movies with Nicole, Nicole Kidman, like he would have to hurt her stand in holes, or like he'd be up on boxes, so he'd be taller. Yeah, I heard than that. Her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> And then they would do what? They just CGI out the boxes and stuff, or they no? They, they would they would use high angles so you wouldn't tell. Oh, okay. Just so he so, looked taller. So it's an old tall- Hollywood trick. Yeah. Like, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I just think it's funny because I like to make fun of that guy. Ever since I ever since I read the book Going Clear, like I'm terrified of the man now. You know, I should stop making fun of him so much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that. Uh, I don't know who's scarier, him or John Travolta. Well, isn't he? Isn't he tied to like the to the film version of Robotech? Isn't he one of the people that's connected yeah, he to is, that? I think, I think he is. Tom yeah. Cruise. I think he is tied to it in some way. So, so uh, there's though there's your Tom Cruise Macross connection. Well, maybe maybe he'll learn from this film and like his next couple alien a- a- attack movies, he'll be able to like be like, okay, from now on, I want a hot Japanese girl right next to me, not too tall because they don't come tall. So like I- I'm I'm safe there. Like they'll be right there, like a little bit shorter than me. That's perfect. You know, I can yeah, totally see Tom. You know, you know, he he needs to team up with Will Smith and make an alien invasion. <laughs> <like this. laughs> 
Those are like the two ultimate see, see, alien invasion guys. Now, now there's, there's my, that, that was my idea for, this, for the next Independence Day. Tom Cruise and Will Smith teamed up. They could get, uh, get Jaden and who else? The, what's, the, what's the little... Jaden will play the, the, the kid uh, from the first one. Yep, yep. I see yeah, where Tom, you're going with that. What's Tom Cruise's oldest? Yeah. Uh, Jaden and... Uh, is Tom Cruise's oldest child old enough to be in films? <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. I guess. He's like 18, I think, or, or yeah, something like that. He's, he's be, a big kid already. He could well, be. He, well, he keeps them out of public view, so I, I didn't know. So I didn't know he had kids that old. Damn it. Well, that's how he stays young in public. He doesn't tell you about his kids. He, he feeds off of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, he believes in a- evil alien souls that, like, you know, like, they possess you. and like. Yeah, but who doesn't? If you're in Hollywood, they all need that. Out there. Yeah, 2.0, he probably knows. Yeah, oh, really. dude. Uh, no, he's going to get all crazy and start talking about Jim Carrey as the satanic leader of Hollywood and how he, he calls is. all the shots. Oh, man, when I hear people talk about that, it's the most funniest thing. It's like, well, how come Jim Carrey can't be in a like a hit movie anymore if he's calling the shots for Hollywood? You know, That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, is, is that like a ploy? Rod gets such a big job. He, if he's calling all the shots, he doesn't have the time to be in any big films. He's, you know, got too much Well, going supposedly, on. like, it was Martin Scorsese. And of all the people Martin Scorsese could have chose, he picked Jim Carrey to follow up from him. Which makes no sense. I'm just like, why would Martin Scorsese? Oh, choose- Martin Scorsese was a big Fire Marshal Bill fan. What do you What do you like, want? I mean- why would he choose Jim Carrey? Like, wouldn't he choose Leonardo DiCaprio? I think he would. It's like, or either that or Robert De Niro. I, those are the two people I could actually see Scorsese picking to follow him up as the satanic leader of Hollywood. Oh, who's but to just- say he didn't ask them and they turned it down for various reasons? Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Tom Cruise is uh, not going to have time for that. He's going to become the next big leader and uh, what do you call it? The uh, Scientology. Scientologist. Yeah, well, he's yeah, like the no, next he, big thing. Yeah, no, he's going to be the supreme lord in Scientology. When David Miscavige dies, like Tom Cruise yep. is going to run that shit. I mean, he's, he's going like, to be the supreme leader Tom Cruise. Well, they, they, call, they call themselves the command, command. They got this whole military structure. Read the book going clear. It'll terrify the shit out of you, but like it actually gives you clarity on like that whole religion and its structure. It's terrifying, dude. I mean, like, With that said, though, people I, believe. With that said, though, I can't wait to see the new Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> you want to give them money? Oh, that's terrifying. It looks good. I love the Mission Impossible movies, man. I'll I like tell you what, so if far. he does a sequel to um, Edge of Tomorrow, I'll give him money for that. Because that was, I, I don't like that little bastard, but that movie was awesome. <laughs> it was. It was like ground, Groundhog Day in space. It was great. I, did, I call it a mix between, I call it um, Source Code with mechs. That's, that's how I see it. Because like, it's a. More like source code, in my opinion, than Groundhog. No, but dude, it had the Groundhog Day plot down, dude, completely. Oh yeah, it just relives the same day over and over and over again. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with source code, didn't you guys? Yeah, watch it's, it's the same. It, well, yeah, but source code was a little bit different because he was inside of a computer reliving the same day. Uh, his physical body was outside the computer. Whoops, spoilers. Uh, and it was it was more like a program. It was more like a matrix type of thing that he just kept reliving over and over in his yeah. mind. Yeah. This is a little bit different. This is like he physically was living. Like this the same was literal, like like Bill Murray. Right. And, uh, and it was more different, like like Groundhog's Day, without a doubt. I actually no just got the graphic that. novel that that um uh, for the graphic novel adaptation of the book that that was based on the Japanese novel. All you need is kill. It is badass. I mean, like I like the movie, but if they followed a little bit more how the book was, it would have been even cooler. But whatever, it's still like that little midget's best movie since Legends. So, in my opinion. <laughs> 
And Legend oh, was fa- Legend was fantastic as well. So as back before man. he was terrifying. I'm looking at the cast list for um, Rogue Nation, the new Mission Impossible movie. Impressive cast list. That's got all the people uh, that were in the last one, but he's got well, even more. Jeremy Renner is in it. Tim Pegg is back in it. Alec Baldwin is in it. Sean Harris, Brega Ferguson. Good Eric cast list. Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Eric Baldwin. <laughs> and it's produced by Mr. J.J. Abrams. Well, he's done them all, right? It's kind of no, like he's done. Tough. No, I think he did like uh, two or three, and then not, but he didn't do the first one. I don't think. Yeah. Mr. J.J. Abrams. I think he's, he produced the one that he directed, and then he produced the one after that. And okay, so he's, that. Do, he's done three, four, and five. Right, something like that. I would like Actually, his, the one he directed was excellent. I mean, he directed a, a that, great... That's what I hear. Three. I quit yeah. watching him at part two, because I really hated no, the first No, watch part two. Part three is so much better than the second one. I, mean, I, I like part two. Part one, I thought was really good. Part two was okay. The problem part I three had was with excellent. part one and part two is Mission Impossible is supposed to be about a team. But like they, they stripped that all down to where it's just about one egotistical midget just running around jump-kicking stuff. I mean, like that's not Mission Impossible. That's like every other spy movie in the world. Then you the would definitely Im- like, you would like part three then, because they go back to more of a team type of thing. So. Yeah, the Mission Impossible is like Peter Graves, Leonard Nimoy, um, um, Martin Landau. Um, I forget the black dude's name. He was really badass. He could make the masks and stuff. I mean, like the old show was badass. My dad raised me watching it, so like I was a pretty big fan of the the franchise. And the, the movies just kind of disappointed me personally. But like, if you say that they actually started doing a team, which I did see in Ghost Protocol, but I didn't know that they started it in Part Three though. So I'll give that a shot. I mean, I will check it out, but. Yeah, no, part three, four were, were really good. I, that's why I want to see Rogue Nation, because it looks really good. So, I mean, at least they, they, they're going into the right direction with those movies. I just, I, so. Yeah, did you see Jack Reacher, though? I mean, that really was. Oh, that was, that was horrible. <laughs> Jack Reacher, wow. That movie was almost as bad as the one John Travolta made, where John Travolta was bald and was beating everybody up. I can't even remember the name of Once it. Once upon was, a time. I'm in Paris or whatever. Oh, from Paris with Love. That's what yeah, it's yeah. There it is. That that movie was, was offensive in so many ways. <laughs> oh God! I, when I yeah, when I think about that one, that's what I equate with like Jack Reacher. It's like the same type of thing. Like, what in the world were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were thinking. That's a problem. No, like, what was the purpose? <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Why? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't like Cruz, but, like, I, I'm not going to ever say that he's a bad actor because that's, that's just me being a hater and it's not true. But he has done some bad films, and I'd put Reacher in the same category yeah, but as some of the, the greatest. Yeah, but War some of the, the greatest actors awful. some of the greatest actors have made bad movies, man. Um, I think Tom Cruise is a good actor. He's crazy Well, no, that's hell. what I'm saying. Jack Reacher was but really bad, but the only that other one that I could really yeah. equate it to was War of the Worlds. Like, that movie was terrible, oh, too. terrible. But look, he, he's had some great films, like A Few Good Men. That was a great movie, so. Oh, the You Can't Handle the Truth, that movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's made good movies. Rock of Ages, not so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, oh, what man. the hell were you thinking, Tom? <laughs> what were you even thinking? Uh, yeah, he, they try to say it's an Scientologists wow. don't do drugs, but I think that that movie kind of proved that one wrong. Honestly, I think they they filmed that movie where they were like in a drug binge for like a week. They were like, ah, let's just get some cameras and record the shit. Yeah, where we sing we'll like make a movie out of it. Song. We do show tunes of Journey and like Night Ranger songs and shit. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I still say the best character he's played in the last twenty years was Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder. 
Yes. Aren't they um, still developing a movie with that character, like a solo film? That's what I heard they were doing. Yeah, they were just talking about that, but it's been so long that I doubt it. I mean, that movie came out, what, in 2008? If they do it, they should have him. That they should have him team up with the guy from Office Space. Those two <laughs> assholes would be hilarious together. Right. And Les Grossman. The, the memo? The memo yeah. guy? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Didn't get the memo. Right. I need you to come in this week on Sunday. Now, he's doing Tom. Uh, Tom's doing uh, Top Gun 2. That's what That's, I keep hearing. Uh, like, do you think that that holds any water? I mean, like, I love Tony Scott. That's one of the few films that I really kind of don't like of his. But, like, it's still a great film. Like, But, I mean, like, doing a Top Gun now... Like, the only thing I can really see them doing is, like, having Maverick in charge of the program and, like, having some other little shit come in and be just, like, as dumb and as arrogant as he was type of thing and him trying to school him up. That's they'll, the only way I can see them. You know, they'll, get, they'll get Chatting Tatum to be the screw they'll, up. No, he, he's too busy. They'll <laughs> get Di Courtney, the, the Channing Tatum stand. If they really want to have a hit on their hands, Chris Pratt. They're not going to get Chris Pratt because he's too cool to play a Maverick-type jackass, like arrogant prick. No, but here's the, here's the thing. Um, He'll Tom be Cruise the goose. is playing Maverick in this, so I wonder if he's going to be a pilot again, if he'd be in charge. I don't know what the hell. But they've been talking about this movie for like the last three years now, so see, those of us Chris, are going to happen. I can see Chris Pratt playing the new goose. I can't see him playing like a, the new Maverick-type character. He's like too Chris Pratt for guy. everything. Just get him for everything. Yeah, dude, that's, that's how it is. It's either Chris <laughs> Pratt... Michael B. Jordan or Miles Teller for everything that I hear. Speaking of Michael B. Jordan, dude, the uh, the Creed trailer. You guys seen that yet? Yeah, yeah it looks amazing, dude. Like, wow, I'm really, that thing looks awesome. I'm really happy that they found a really neat way to keep the Rocky saga going as a film franchise. Because that, that, yeah, it, it really is a clever idea, and the film just looks as great as the Rocky movies. Yeah, it looks really good. The good Rocky movies too. See, I was really scared because when you, when you're talking about Rocky, that's kind of a sacred franchise. You know, it's been around for a long time. Uh, f- you know, five out of the six movies are great. One and the other one's great. still fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, part five was still fun to watch. Uh, but uh, you know, I love the Rocky films, and it, when I heard they were going to do a spinoff sequel, not called Rocky, but called Creed, and I heard the storyline, I was like, well, it could be cool, but I have reservations. Uh, then I saw the trailer, and now I'm completely in on this thing. It looked awesome. It really well, knowing did. that's knowing how spi- uh, how involved Sylvester Stallone was in it, like that really sold me that like this is going yep. to be at least a quality project. He's gonna they're gonna try their all in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe the Absolutely. director will suck, but I don't even think that's gonna happen. I think this is gonna be a great little boxing movie, to tell you the truth. It is. Well, it's gonna be great. It looks like it's gonna be awesome, and it's nice yep. to see all the continuity, and nice to see them holding true to the Rocky franchise, and you can get all that just from watching this trailer that's what was the br- brilliant part about it like wow i mean and it showed enough of you know michael b jordan as creed you know going in and then it just it just kind of gave you a little bit of rocky towards the end and didn't really didn't really go overboard it was really well done i was surprised well, I'm really g- glad that he has like a great movie coming out alongside the fantastic 14 year olds so like even though that that movie's gonna suck ass, he's still got this great film that's gonna help him push forward. Well, he is a good actor. Before you uh, step off of your time machine, there, uh, Johnny Alpha, uh, we don't know yet if uh, the Fantastic Four is gonna suck. Uh, is gonna suck. Uh, uh, Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, the trailer didn't look that bad. It didn't look too bad. Uh, the director actually promised recently that it was gonna have an epic multi-power slugfest, 
and it was going to be something that was going to surprise the audience. Yeah, this is from the guy that directed Crinkle, so like I really don't have much um, value in. I his don't know the, the the visuals with Thing looks really cool though, like the way they, yeah, they, he yeah, he looks like look. the Christopher Nolan thing. Not interested, man. The Christopher Nolan thing, really. Yeah. That's all I, I see too. when I look at this movie. I didn't, wow, I this, didn't... Guy, this guy really went out of his way to try to make the Christopher Nolan Fantastic Four. Who cares? I didn't see that at all, actually. I saw it more like the Brian Singer X-Men version of uh, Fantastic Four. Same thing. That's what it, that's what it reminded it's... me of. And in fact, it, it, it's actually it's more Brian logical. Sing, it... Brian Singer is the failed version of Christopher Nolan. Christopher well, here's the thing. It's, it's more logical. Chris... Hold on, hold on. It's, it, it's more logical to look at it that way because they're planning to include this uh, franchise with the X-Men franchise at some point. Uh, that's the planned rumor. So, uh, and I, love that, that I, think... I love that so much. So, like, yeah, I really am hyped for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know how much you love your Fantastic Four and your X-Men movies. So. Well, I actually like the old Fantastic Four movies better than this. At least it was campy and hokey. Dude, I, I, get, I get that they want to try to do something new with the Fantastic Four, but they are not serious, edgy characters. They are, they are a hokey yeah, but here's family the, here's the thing. of super. Yeah, I agreed, but here's the thing. The last two movies sucked. And there's a bad... No, they, they just sucked, dude. Let's be honest. They left a bad taste in the audience's mouth. And uh, the only way you're going to recreate a, you know, a, a franchise and bring it back is by changing stuff around. And Well, this is, a, this is an attempt to do that. To revive Fox it by should giving put it them on TV. Like, the Fantastic Four would own TV. No, that's not a bad I idea. I agree completely yeah. with that. Yeah, a fan, yeah. Fantastic Four TV show would be That'd epic. Be great, you yeah. could do so much with that. It would be fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more. It, it, it Netflix. There you go. Which uh, begs no, the question: that, that, Why why didn't they, why haven't they done that? They they're so busy developing Gotham. But yeah, property they own. Gotham isn't Gotham isn't needed at all. They right. could do Fantastic Four. It'd be perfect. They could do Fantastic Four. They could do. I'm glad that they're finally do, developing this new mutant show. So they're doing something with the X Men on TV, which they should have done since the get-go, dude. Honestly, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four would own TV if they put some decent money behind it and got some decent showrunners that they would show a little fan appreciation with, like, doing some TV stuff. Like, they they would own it. But, like Jackal said, they're they're pushing DC stuff that they don't even are tied to instead of pushing properties they, owe, they own on their TV channels. And, I mean, like, if they want to do a little edgier, put it on FX. They own yeah, FX. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, or Netflix it. Yeah, yeah, do X for Daredevil. X Force yeah. on Netflix, you know, make it brutal. Yeah, work for Daredevil. Word. God, does it work? How, God oh. did it work for Daredevil? What do you guys goodness. think about the the choice for Punisher? I mean, he was I, he was never on my list, but he is a good choice. The dude that played Shane ideal, on Walking Dead, ideal choice, perfect choice. Because yeah. he's already he's proven. If you watched Walking yep. Dead or Fury, he can play a nutso military crazy person perfectly. Yep. So, no, no, I mean, they like, nailed they nailed it. That's perfect casting. In fact, I, I'd never even thought of him. Uh, you know, I, I wanted the guy from Dexter and a couple other people. You know, uh, Scott Atkins was one of, another name. Uh, Michael C. Hall, but I never in my wildest dreams thought about this guy as the Punisher. And that's what made perfect. him such a good choice. The it's fact perfect, that no, yeah. nobody would have thought that. Like, yeah. wow, we're, you know, it was a left field, but it but it Completely makes out sense. Of left field, yeah. Yep. So yeah. I was just like, hell yeah, dude. And, like, I can't wait to see him and, and Charlie Cox throw punches in season two, man. I, I love when Daredevil and Punisher throw down. I mean, I, that is the best 
crossovers in Marvel history because they always start off beating each other's asses and then they join forces and like Matt always believes that Punisher's going to help him and then Punisher always kills the guy that they go after and then Matt beats his ass again because Punisher respects Daredevil and wishes he could be like him but and he, he doesn't want Pun- Daredevil to ever become like him. It, it's just such a neat relationship and I really hope they do it as well as they did the stuff in season one because if they do, it, that is some powerful um, emotional comic book content right there. Excellent. That Zack Snyder can fucking learn from. Amen. <laughs> I don't think there's any hope there. I don't think he's learning anything. He's, no, he's... lost cause. Yeah. I mean, I like the guy. He's got good visuals, but like they should not let him create because he, like I said, he's got one-dimensional characters that have only one emotion. Like watch Man of Steel. I mean, like Superman has no emotion whatsoever in that film except for like the whole like I was looking for my parents and I found a mom. You know, it's like. Superman's not supposed to be like the most interesting or intelligent character in the world, but he's supposed to be charismatic. You're supposed to look at him and be like, wow, that guy inspires hope. Did you get that at all from Man of Steel? None. Nothing, yeah. Well, you know my feelings on Man of Steel. I mean, we've, we've talked about that yeah, to, but no, you know, to yeah. no ends on this show. So. Uh-huh. I'm just Here, hoping I'm just, just I, listening so I can just like... <laughs> probably not. He's probably busy with his Comic-Con. Uh, right. out, I sent you guys a link. It has to do with Black Panther. You, you seen this? Uh, this article says Eva Duvarney says that they did not see eye to eye and, will, and turned down the uh, the chance to direct the Black Panther movie. Uh, the director of Selma announced uh, that she will not be uh, the director of Black Panther, the highly anticipated Marvel movie. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I think the I- the idea is that she's she's lo- going to learn like a lot of other directors who have passed on big projects like this that can't get everything that you want i mean they have a they have a certain thing that they're going for because they have an overall cinematic universe that they're they're building here and you got you kind of got to adhere to a lot of the things that they want and if you right. do this movie you know it's going to make money you know right. it's going to help your career so i don't understand how there could be creative differences or not seeing eye to eye you know you what you know the kind of movie you're you're making here you're making a movie that's part of a formula that's part of a a, a well-oiled machine so what's the problem i mean obviously that obviously if you want to continue to make movies like salma or whatever these types of movies are going to allow you to continue to do that so i don't know why i don't know why i I think that's kind of if they do any iteration of T'Challa's stories, like this is going to be a great follow-up from Selma. Of course, it's going to be more action-packed. It's going to be a bit sillier because you know they're they're a mythical African race and stuff like that. But I mean, like it's a very very positive African affluence in a mainstream thing that she can really push to. Um, use her ideals and vocalize them a little bit. Of course, she's not going to be able to be a part of build her own world because she wasn't in on the ground floor you know like that all got taken over by the guys that made the first films sadly nobody's going to get that kind of freedom again but she's still going to have a a chance to say what she wanted to say with this film and make a very badass black pride film 
in a story. I mean, they got Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa. I mean, this film is going to be phenomenal. So like, I think that she shot herself in the foot a little bit on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she and she added an, an, a quote here. She says, uh, "In the end, it comes down to story and perspective, and we just we did not see eye to eye. Better for me to realize uh, that now than cite creative differences later. I love the character of Black Panther, the nation of Wakanda, and all that comes uh, and all that could be visually." And all that, what could be visually, uh, but I wish them all well. And the first, uh, I'll be the first one in line to see it. But uh, yeah, differences, creative differences. It's silly, but you know what? This is kind of the same thing that happened with Edgar Wright and Ant Man. Creative differences at the end of the day, because these directors did not understand the fact that they're making a studio temple movie. It's it, for example, like uh, a lot of people were giving J.J. Uh, Abrams a lot of shit when he uh, took over Star Wars. They were like, "Oh, he's going to put lens flares all over the place. He's going to do." It. No, he can't. He has to make a Star Wars movie that follows along the storyline, that follows along the look, the feel, the texture of the original trilogy. If not, it won't be considered, it won't be looked at by fans as an original uh, trilogy sequel. It won't be... The the fans would tear him apart if he did anything different. That's why when you saw the trailers, it really gave you that vibe of the original trilogy. Because he has to make it that way. The reason to get a a director like J.J. Abrams of his stature, or or his talent, or a director that has that kind of talent, is because he understands how to put a movie together correctly. He knows how to film it, and how to film action sequences. He knows how to do all these different things that a great director... Right, they're going for they're going for his aesthetic prowess. That's his what they're talents, going for. Right. His talents. They're not they're not telling him to come in and reinvent the wheel and do what you want creatively right. here. Yeah, you're gonna have creative input and you're gonna be able to do certain things, but you have to realize what you're doing and you have to create within the canvas that they're giving you. That's what right. a lot and of even he had directors an issue. don't understand. Yeah. And even he had an issue with uh with the entire thing. Uh, there was a little bit of a back and forth early on with the project because of uh the script that originally was handed to him to to do and he had a problem with some of it and he he told him, Look, if uh, I'm going to do this, so you got to let me rewrite the script the way I think it should be rewritten. And at first, the studio had an issue with it because they had uh, already a script in place. Uh, I think it was the guy's name was what? Michael Arndt? Was it the, was the, 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 uh, the Toy Story writer? 3 guy. Right. They had his script already in place for a while, and he came in and said, no, this is no good. Um, th- this is what we should be doing. And he gave his own you know, two cents into it. But even given his own ideas for the story, he still had to keep it in continuity with the original trilogy. He still had to you know, format it in a certain way that actually fit what they were doing originally with the original trilogy and moved forward properly. Like, he couldn't just come in and say, all right, no Luke Skywalker, no Leia, no, no Han Solo. Let's do something completely brand new, completely different, and that'll be the sequel. He couldn't do that because the studio would never allow that. The studio allowed him to do what he did because it was in line with the original movies. And a lot of these movies, like Ant-Man, like Black Panther, all these 10... Pole movies are going to have to, under, you know, directors are going to have to understand it. They have to toll that line. They have to follow along with the narrative well, of the other movies that are coming out in the same series. This is a, this is a shared universe. Well, she the, can't come in and expect to be to, you know, give a hundred. See that, and that's, kind of, that's kind of the draw. That's kind of the drawback in a lot of ways because they're doing. That's one of the drawbacks of a, of an overall cinematic universe. Because of that, you've got to adhere to other things, and you can't just do your own. Do your own as a director, yes, but as a as a fan, is a lot more. The fan, it's watch. a lot yeah. better. It's going to be a lot. It's a lot more awesome for us. But right for, for you know for a director, you come in, you want to do your own creative take, you want to do your own thing. You don't want to just come in and poop out a cookie cutter movie, which is a lot of the you know, which is probably a lot well, of issues when they to say. To tell you the truth, the way that the Black Panther comic goes, he would be better off ran as a um, Netflix show like Daredevil, make it brutal, oh, make it dark. Yeah. As 
and I then agree. bring yeah. him bring him into an Avengers film after his show runs or while his show's running because that you his his books are um they they have points to them they're very solid points they're um they're rather brutal and they and um they don't pull punches you know like they're that's why his series don't run too long because it scares people that they're actually reading something that makes sense so um you know to try to put him in the actual marvel cinematic universe i think is a bit silly but i really hope that they step it up and actually try to make a more hardcore movie because after hearing that like they're going to make this um doctor strange movie like a horror movie they're not going to try to make it a superhero movie at all that gave me a little hope to think that like okay so maybe they'll make black panther a nice brutal political film you know like like it's supposed to be but i really wish that they would do him as a netflix show to tell you the truth because that's the only way you could do his character really properly in live action in my opinion unless you have him teaming up with the avengers agreed which they're going to do anyway so i mean he's going to be in silver war and avengers three and four so yeah well, he's a he's an integral part of the Marvel universe. No ifs or buts about it. He's a member of the Illuminati. He's one of the most intelligent characters in the entire universe. He's just slightly, um, like um, Reed Richards is only like slightly smarter than him, and he's the smartest person in the Marvel universe. So, right, um, right. So I mean, like T'Challa's got it going on. He's a badass. He's smart. He's runs a kingdom. Talks to dead people. I mean, like the, the dude's talented. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the skills. Is what you're trying to say. Yeah, man, and like his comic books are badass, you know. Like at least the yeah, last, the last ones that had come out, like the last couple of runs. I mean, they really made those comics as hard hitting as possible. So I really hope that they try to put a little bit out of that in the film, even if this lady's not going to be directing them. I, I, I just wonder. I, 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 get to I'm wondering now. too, and I'm wondering now too what what her issue is. What was your creative difference? It's it's so bizarre. Like you you, I don't know. Like. Well, the thing is, is um, uh, the what's his name, Mister um, Feige? He said that no matter what, the Marvel films are never going to get that hard edged. They're going to stay fun. They're going to stay funny. So I think that they they want she wants to make it a little too serious for the toe the Marvel cinematic line is what I see going on. Tell you the truth. Yeah, and you have to remember she just Could came be. off of making you know Selma, so she's right. looking at it from like you said from a totally serious perspective. She doesn't want to do. A fun movie. She wants to do a serious, hard-edged, political, like type thing, and that's the reason. What probably one of the the problems there. Yeah, yeah she's because... thinking she's she's thinking she's making the Malcolm X of superhero movies, and they're telling her you can't do that because we have it has to be a certain way to fit in with what we're doing here. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe DC can pick her up for something. <laughs> well, here, here, here's another thing, though. She she directed the Soma. Shock movie or what? Hold on, she directed <laughs> Soma. Who what? Who's to say that she's even qualified to direct a Black Panther or a superhero movie at all? Just because you direct Soma doesn't mean you're qualified to make Black Panther. It is a superhero movie after all, so maybe her passing is actually a good thing. Right. You know. Oh. Well, I just. Uh. I just I, I just liked it because, like, obviously she made Selma, so she's an angry African American person. Then, like, that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude I kind of want to to have behind a film like Black Panther. So I hope they find somebody in that same. I, I hope they don't get a white guy to direct. Is all I'm saying to tell you the truth. <laughs> John Singleton, they should get him. Yeah, why not? I would he be has proven himself. I'd be interested if he came in and as did that. As long as he makes epic. It, as long as he makes it better than Too Fast, Too Furious, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. by far his worst film. 
but yeah. Oh, I agree. But That's that it. was probably uh, one of those studio type things, though. Too, he didn't probably didn't have complete. Creed. Well, that's the thing. I was just like, dude, the guy that directed like Higher Learning, Boys in the Hood, you know, like he's doing a Fast and Furious. <laughs> I guess he needs money, you know. Like everybody needs a paycheck. That's like my Hollywood philosophy. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah, he, he'd be a great choice for um, Black Panther. And I really like some of the people that they're getting. Like, they got Angelina Jolie to direct the um, Captain Marvel movie, or at least they're really courting her hard to well, do isn't, it. Isn't that a rumor? I don't, I don't think they've actually gotten her yet. Well, no, no, no. They're courting her, though. They're, they really, right. really want her. Well, it's been a rumor and she for a while is, now, She's yeah. very interested. And because she just made that other World War II airplane movie, she's got the chops to direct uh, a movie about Carol Danvers because she's an Air Force pilot and she's badass. And, you know, you know how... Um, you know how Angelina feels about Wilman Powers and stuff like that. So it's a good project for her. So like, I, if she lands it, I would be down. You know what I mean? It's totally. So I, I really I have a lot of faith in the people that Marvel have brought forth. And I have not been let down in a mo- by any of their movies thus far. You know what I mean? Like, I, Avengers 2 had its problems. Thor 2 had its problems. But whatever, man. They're all I enjoyed Avengers 2 films. and Thor 2. So I have no issues. I, no, I enjoyed Avengers 2 a lot, yep. too. But Thor 2 had a lot of issues. Uh, after watching it a couple times, you know what I mean? But Avengers 2 is is really just fun. I, the only problem I have is you can tell that it was a longer film and that they cut it to shit. And then when you read that, like, yeah, it was like five hours long and they cut the hell out of it. You're just kind of like, what that five-hour version, damn it. You know what I mean? I saw all three Hobbit movies. I can stand a five-hour Avengers movie, god damn it. Yeah, I don't know if I want to stand a five-hour movie of anything, to be honest with you. But uh, I hear hey. you. I mean, I, I hear you. I think you could cut it down to at least probably a three-hour good movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Three hours I could definitely do, but five hours at some point I'll be like, screw this superhero crap. Gotta go to the bathroom. Jeez. Yeah, but the girl that played um, Scarlet Witch was really hot. It could keep me in my yeah, seat. But sometimes you gotta poop. Sometimes you gotta pee-pee. Sometimes. Yes. Well, I mean, a five-hour movie, things. they should give you an intermission, I hope. No, they used to Maybe. Back- Hey. Maybe not. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com.
The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban feller. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. In a world run by thugs and imbeciles, by robber barons in three-piece suits, where a subservient media pipes sewage into the eyes and ears of the masses 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where do you go for the truth? Is the president an alien, either Kenyan or Zeta? Did the fabulous sea monkeys ordered from comic book ads by kids in the 60s and 70s slither out of their tanks and into ears, and are they running the brains of the ruling elite today? Is David Icke right about the queen being a lizard, or is there a sea monkey brooding on his brain? Like a jockey atop a chunk of horse meat. Are Lemurians beneath Mount Shasta really addicted to porn and chewing tobacco? Or are their spokesmen in the surface world deluded or deranged? For the answers to all these questions and more, tune in each week for another revealing and informative episode of Unraveling the Secrets. And get that sea monkey off of your brain. All systems are functional. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. Who's your favorite superhero? My name is Steve Yunus from supermanhomepage.com And now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head And who makes them look that cool? Hey, this is Mark McKenna here I'm a comic book artist for 25 years for Marvel and DC Comics And I'm a voice inside the jackal's head Only on PSN Radio And we are back on tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. And uh, Johnny, we were talking during the break about the upcoming release of a Vampire Hunter D animated series. Finally. Right. I mean, honestly, like this is badass because like we've had the two films they came out decades apart they are very different in style which is interesting because this new version is going to be very different in style as well because digital factory is doing it and you may know them for their um apple seed and their um mm-hmm. resident evil movies very cinematic very realistic cgi animators so this thing is going to be beautiful like if Absolutely. it, if it if it follows in the footsteps of the other works that these people done so i mean just getting a series based off of this animated by these people. I mean, and the God, fact that it's not going to be films, that it's apparently going to be a, 
a series. Like that's going to be great. That's exactly. what I want. I want. I want to see a series. Now, I haven't seen the original uh, 1985 uh, version of uh, Vampire Hunter D. I've only seen the one that came out in 2000. Uh, what was it 2001? Bloodlust. Yeah, yeah Bloodlust. Which, which so, is uh, a how different how, film. Yeah, it is. How different is it from the original, though? It, well, the character's the same. He's got the hand that talks and the sword. But, I mean, like... In the that circumstances one, of the story are different. Let's just and, say that. And okay. it's paced way different. Because, like, Bloodlust is directed by the guy that directed, like, um, uh, Demon City, Shinjuku, Wicked City, um, uh, Ninja Scroll. So it has this very, very um, stylized look with the sideburns. And, and yeah, you have, uh, you have uh, Toyo Ishida, who, who was responsible for... God bless you. Part of um, you know Fist of the North Star, and so you got you got him for the original Vampire Hunter D, and and the the, the nineteen eighty five version was is very you know it's 80, got action, it's got animation, but, yeah, but it's but a- it's slow style animation. It's I, I'd say it's a little bit a little bit slower paced than uh, Bloodlust, but I I don't know if it's just nostalgia because it's the film that I, one of the films I grew up on, one of the animes that I grew up on, so I prefer it to Bloodlust, but I do like both films a, a yeah, lot. Both, and I'm looking fabulous. forward to the new one. Yeah, they're both fabulous movies. So, but, uh, so the new series, how serious are they about this new series? I mean, uh, the new series is going to be based off of the novels. of the. Uh, there's actually been a series of, I think, about 10 or so novels right. based off of the character in Japan, and it's gonna, they're going to actually... Uh, the the anime series is supposed to be based off of that, so I have no idea how many episodes it would be. We're probably going to get thirteen. It's probably yeah. How far how far long are we in the production? I mean, how far long are they already on this thing? It's officially announced. It, it's happening okay. for sure, but it's it's not in production completely. Yeah, that's okay. not yet. Not yet. But it was announced at the uh, at, at the anime con recently. So it's it's uh, officially happening, but it's not underway yet. Well, Which, cool. it's going to be great though I mean there, there's so much there's so much to be said about that character and I was telling Johnny offline that I think that for me personally I think that that's one of the few animes that I like that I think could actually work uh, as a live action if it was done you know if it was done the right way and had the right actor well, also it could be done as an American a Hollywood film if it yeah. was yeah. Handled correctly. Like, I think the Japanese hmm. can make a hell of a film out of it, regardless. But I think at Hollywood, if they took it seriously and they, they got a good director, good writer, good actors, that they could actually make a decent film out of it, too. Because it's very similar to characters like Solomon Kane and a few others that we've had films of before that are kind of like dark hooded characters with swords. So, I mean, it, it's not th- that dissimilar. I, I, um, I could almost see the, the director of maybe the director of Interview with a Vampire taking it on i see guillermo del toro or del toro yeah that's a possibility too um you could have and i actually yeah actually i could lean more towards what you just said johnny i think del toro would be perfect for it the visual style and actually depending on what story they wanted to cater to and the kind of monsters that he comes up with they won't look like the anime versions but they will be just so vivid and amazing you know what i mean so like because, like, in both animes, we had uh, movies, we had such great characters. Like, we had the werewolf guy that had, like, the werewolf face on his belly, too. I mean, that was just such a cool character. And I could see Del Toro coming up with something like that, but completely his own. And exactly. I, don't, I don't see any other uh, horror filmmakers or creature creators that could do something like that like him. Yeah, he would be, he'd be excellent for it. 
But isn't he? Isn't he? Wouldn't he be too busy? <laughs> he, he's always too busy, man. He's always too busy for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's got that um, uh, Edgar Wright style, you know, like, oh, I can't do it right now. I'm busy. It's like, what are you doing? You don't have anything out right now. What are you busy with, dude? <sighs> Putting together the next Simon Pegg comedy. Yeah, obviously. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I, that's a discussion for another time, but Simon Pegg's completely pissed me off lately. But, like, yeah. I, what I does don't Simon want... Pegg do now? How did he's, he piss you off? He's coming out with this whole, oh, nerd culture has let me down, and it's become such a boring thing. And it's like, dude, we pay your bills. You write Star Trek movies. Like, if you hate nerd culture so much, then fuck off. Correct. Hold on, correction. He wrote the new Star Trek film. He doesn't write Star Trek films in general. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, he's writing this, this is his first one, one. while he's, he's talking. Right. Why he's talking this shit about nerd culture? Don't you see how hypocritical that is? It doesn't matter. Yeah, no. Well, not, uh, I never uh, said that he wrote uh, Search for uh, Spock, brother. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's a little uh, too young for that. Uh, I, I kind of see where he's, I, but I understand where he's going with it, though. I mean, if, yeah, look, but you're an angry fan. Cu- he we pay his bills. He's a, he's an he's an angry actor. So <laughs> and he's also a fan. You don't think he's a fan before an actor, man? He, of no. course he's a fan. Well, yes. He, he gave that up when he became an icon and him trash talking oh, the on. people to pay his bills. He can suck my white ass. That's all I got to say. And it, it is a white ass, that's for damn sure. It very is white. white. I can't help <laughs> so it. So very man. white white baby. <laughs> if they were to adapt Vampire Hunter D, who would play D in the live version? I would go with Tom Hiddleston. I no, initially no said way, I initially said uh Johnny Depp back when he was younger. No, no way. But not now. But not now. No, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. That would be Hell awesome. Hell yeah. After uh, watching uh John Wick with all his with all his martial arts skills and stuff. Keanu yeah. for everything. He's my you new favorite. Be wife. Yeah, man. <laughs> He was so he's my new favorite actor after John Wick. He's my new favorite actor. That's it. After John Wick. Hey, did you hear Love about that part, movie so much. Did you hear about part two? I mean, like, I, I want to see it, but, like, I really don't see where they could go because John Wick 1 kind of wrapped that story up perfectly. Yeah, it was kind of how I felt about Terminator Genesis. I really don't see where they could go now. I'm like, why would they make another one? For what? Because like, it's so good. Why not? Like, John Wick 2, I mean, I guess because I like the small characters so much, I would like to see, like, Ian McShane and the cleanup guys again. So, like, like maybe, yeah. maybe they need him to come back and do something. You know, maybe it doesn't include another dog dying or something. Like maybe I don't know, but like I do want to see John Wick too. I just don't know what it'll be about. You know, it's kind of a weird sequel in my opinion. Well, it's a sequel I definitely want to see. After, After John the first Wick, one, like, hell that, yeah. that movie like brought Keanu Reeves back because I mean, really, like cinematically, he was kind of done for a while. You know, and, was what about yeah. Man Tai Chi? No, that's a good. I'm not saying he's made bad movies. Actually, he's made some really good movies, but none of them really had any buzz about him. Like uh, Forty Seven Ronin was a good movie, and like really that had no buzz going to it. I mean, like nobody really cared. Uh, John Wick, though. I mean, a lot of people talk about that movie. Well, a lot of well, there's people saying that you know. What he needs to do, they need to make another Matrix movie to get him back out. No, no, as as, no. Maybe no, as no. long as they don't get the Wachowski brothers and like J.J. Abrams. Hey, makes hey, it, hold on, hold on. The Wachowski siblings. Get it well, yeah, the Wachowski lovers. Whatever as siblings. Long as, as long as siblings. they're not involved in it, and like they get like J.J. Abrams or like Joss Whedon to make it, and, maybe. and Chris Pratt. Yeah, and Chris Pratt could totally—he could be like like Neo's new little guy that like he's like his opponent type of thing. He's like, "Well, I know kung fu better, dude." And like, "No way, man! I knew kung fu first. No did way! Guys, I know it better, though." <laughs> did you great. realize that John Wick only cost twenty million dollars to to make? 
That's how we know we're getting another. We're gonna get yeah, another. Dude. Yeah, small budget. You know, domestically they brought in like what forty three million dollars. They brought in seventy eight total worldwide. Yeah, it was a, they brought back money. Make a sequel. Well, well and the thing is, is like blow your budget. Give it a thirty million dollar budget. That's like one of his movies too. He didn't direct that one like he did Man of Tai Chi, but he was like very intricate in the production of it. So I'm really glad that he's like making films himself. Maybe if he made the next Matrix film, I would be down to see it because maybe Man- he would. I mean, maybe that would be something that he'd be, like, he's thinking his, about. The two films that he's made, Man of Tai Chi and um, John Wick, are two of his best films. And but I'm, he didn't, I've been he, a fan he, of he didn't direct. Head. Yeah, but he didn't direct John Wick. He didn't write John Wick. He didn't produce John Wick. He was just an actor in John Wick. Now, he was uh, one of the main reasons why the movie got made because of his celebrity, you know, being in the movie. But, you know, he didn't really have that big of a hand in, in John Wick. Now, 47 Ronin and the other movies, Men of Tai Chi, yeah, those movies had more of a, of a bigger hand. Uh, but this one, I don't even know if he was in, involved as uh, anything other than an uncredited executive producer. Huh. Which just means he just, you know, he said, oh, I like the script. Yeah, I'll put some money into it. Let's make it. Well, I mean, like, well, here, here's a, a really interesting article about John Wick. John Wick 2 and the magic of the surprise sequel. The recently announced follow-up yeah. to, the, to the quiet Keanu Reeves hit is the rarest of Hollywood entities, a sequel that's been earned. And I, and I agree. I think it's been completely earned. Unbelievable how badass that movie was. I just don't know what it's going to be about. Like, I want to see it. I just like... I, I have no idea what like he needs vengeance on anymore. You know what I mean? He killed them Russians. There, there's always need for vengeance in something. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe funny, he I, has a daughter that we never heard about, and she gets kidnapped. Oh wait, no, I, that's the wrong actor. Yeah, no, that's, that's the taken. wrong actor. My bad. That's taken. That's taken. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I mentioned this uh, movie to a friend of mine. I was like, dude, you got to watch John Wick. You just got to see this movie. It's, it's an awesome movie. And uh, he was like, okay, okay. After like days of me bugging him to watch it, he finally saw it. And he came back to me. He's like, yeah, hey, I finally saw John Wick. And I'm like, what'd you think? And he goes. First 10 minutes, I was about to call you and tell you, what the hell am I watching? What the hell is this crap? But then, oh my God, was it good. And that's kind of like the feeling I had. It really That's one of those movies that just completely takes you by surprise. Maybe, the first five minutes, you're like, eh, okay, it's a little slow. But, but then it just goes where he has to fight out. the guy from... Where he has to fight Liam Neeson, that would be badass. Like, that'd be, I'd pay to uh, how about Liam him. Neeson being the villain? That would no, he, he can't do that. He's too boring. I kidnapped your daughter, and now you have to come get her. I mean, come on, with this boring-ass librarian reading a storybook voice. What's your beef with Qui-Gon Jinn, man? What's your problem with Qui-Gon? He played Qui-Gon back when he could still act, and he didn't just have the fucking lonely librarian reading a storybook voice. Oh, I mean, he like, was great in taking one, two, three, four, five. He was, he was good in Batman Begins, all right? And, like, after that, he kind of... Take a nine, run all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah take it all <laughs> night, and then walk among the tanks. Hey, here's the movie I'd definitely pay to see, though. I'd definitely... I, I'd pay good money to see John Wick versus Brian Mills. I'd pay to see that. Is that his Although, I, a lot of people have been talking about uh, the... Doing John Wick versus the Equalizer. Now that would be an interesting concept. Well, they would team up because they both have uh, options. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can see him and Denzel just like, okay, you kill that half, I kill this half. I know kung fu. It'd be badass. And King Kong got shit on me. I'm it would be like, it would be like uh, it'd be like the Batman versus Superman of those type of movies where yeah have... yeah they they would end up they'd start against each other and then they'd be like totally. hey man we kill we kill the same people let's team up yeah yeah the, the ultimate opposite. movie Wick v Mills Dawn of Equalizer 
Oh, all <laughs> three of them? Is that the name or is that Token's name? The Dawn of the Equalizer, huh? All three of them. Oh, my God. That'd Why not? Crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. We could get that Korean guy that was in Old Boy to show up and, like... For sure, that would have a 30% uh, fresh on the Rotten Tomatoes, for sure. At least 30%. At least. Yeah, because it's got Liam Neeson in it. Like, anything with that old codger gets fucking the teens hard. He's awesome. He's boring. So hard. <laughs> uh, hey, Liam Neeson was great in Ted 2. I think you would even like Liam Neeson hey, in dude, Ted I liked, I liked him in A uh, Thousand Ways to Die in the West. He was hilarious in that, dude. That was like one of his best You should see, you that movie. see him in Ted 2, for real. My God, really? Say, you like that movie? Ted 2? No, no, no! A million ways to die in the, die in the West. It wasn't. Johnny it Jones. wasn't that bad. I mean, like oh, I, thought Liam Neeson, I thought Liam Neeson was funny in it. That's all I really said. I guess terrible. not. Yeah, the Liam Neeson story, was but... good in it because Liam Neeson got to play a completely, you know, despicable. Yeah, he got to player. play like a. I mean, that was cool. <laughs> and like my favorite characters of his have always been rednecks. Like aside from like that, my favorite movie of his like in was... Next of Kin. Yeah, Next of Kin. That's what I was going to say. My favorite film role of his. He was awesome as Brar. Or whatever. No, his he wasn't Briar. Briar was um, Swayze. But yeah, he was awesome as that Kentucky redneck dude. That was, uh, see, if you did that more often, he'd be badass. But no, he's I'm a bo- I'm a boring person, and I will find you. I will put you to sleep with my boring voice. I have a set of skills, and with these skills, I cook. No, 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 and no. I cook you, my you, enemies. You, you I sound cook too. In a walk. You sound too interesting. You gotta sound more boring. See, you're putting too much oomph in that voice. You gotta you gotta drain it a little bit. I have a set of skills. These skills. More boring. Again, see him in Ted too. Seriously, (laughs) dude. You know what's crazy? Opinion about him as an actor. Would you see? I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at RottenTomatoes.com and Terminator Genesis has a 27 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not very good. Wow, that's really bad. Well, the thing is, is that you got to understand, it's Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's a fan thing and a critic thing. So they just and a lot of people just go with what they're told. A lot of people I know who I trust their opinions have told me that the movie is really fun and an here's awesome a, little watch. It's not going to be a, amazing, I don't think, but I think we're all no, it's not. It's not amazing, watching. but it's enjoyable. That's what. Yeah, it but is. Here, here's the, here's the big divide though. The critics are at twenty seven percent. The audience are at sixty eight percent fresh. So the audience likes it. Critics, not so much. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a big difference. Like, like I said, like, I, on all, I, and I, I'm on some hater film groups online, and like, yes, you are. People, You're the president of all of them. These, <laughs> these people telling me that, like, hey, man, it's actually a pretty fun little goofy movie, and like, I, I'm like, okay, that that's cool because like I haven't never been too um, opinionated against this one, anyways. I thought it looked like it could go either way, but I, I had hopes for it, and like. I, I want to see it, you know. I'm, I'm going to watch it when it's free, though. But I mean, like, I, I want to see know, it. <laughs> well, Zod actually got me excited for because I, I was expecting uh, him to hate it. So the fact that he liked it, uh, it gives me hope because a few people have told me they liked it so far. Well, on the rare occasion when Oscar Benjamin hates something, it kind of like, yeah, it's well, that it's going to be great because he yeah, likes, he, so, he, he likes a lot of yeah, stuff that I hate. He, so. <laughs> yeah, he liked Men of Steel. I'm just saying. <laughs> like me and him, we couldn't. He really, have... he really, really likes Men of Steel. Yeah, and he really, really thinks that Old Man vs. Stupid Man is going to be an incredible film. He said epic, actually. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know about that, Oscar. I can't see you. Uh, see it's going to be ep- it's going to be an epic. Well, see that that's where I'm that's where I'm kind of conflicted because a lot of the stuff I'm seeing now is making me think that it might end up being a pretty good movie. Who knows? You know, it's it just depends. 
What about After Earth Squad? Do you think that one's going to be epic too? Oh, I don't know. I I, I don't really know. I, after Earth Squad. <laughs> after Earth Squad might not. I see be. what you did there. That was pretty funny. That's. <laughs> I hope he tells them to take a knee uh. a bunch of times in that movie. Take a knee. Oh. <laughs> I'm dead shot. You take a knee. Take a knee. <laughs> Big Willie style. Take a knee. Hey, 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 hey. I hope he does a rap song for it. I miss when Will Smith used to do horrible theme songs for the movies that he was in. Like, hey, they were always I, awful. I, I still like the Men in Black song. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah the, like the Men in Black song was cool. I was you going the M.I.B.s. The, I was going more with like the Wild Wild West song because that one really oh, that was, was awful. There was something redeeming about that movie. Cause <laughs> the song <laughs> sucked. It had some high and she's hot. That's about all I could say for it. That's about it, really. That's the only redeeming factor was a hot chick. And that movie, which, that movie only got made because of John Peters. You know that, right? Yeah, he wanted his big gigantic spider. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, exactly. Reminds me of that episode of South Park where Cartman sings that song. Oh, I'm a badass cowboy living in a cowboy day. Yippee yo, scratch yo yo, bang bang. Me and Artemis Clyde Frog go serve some giant from a huge metal spider. A wiki whack, wiki wiki whack. I mean, like that's my favorite song from South Park. Which that is pretty which, dead on accurate. That's pretty good. Which, which has there. to do with the giant spider. So that's I didn't know that that actually was what made the whole film. So that's terrifying. Well, you know who John Peters is in the in the bigger picture here, right? No, is he? He's the, the he's the big <laughs> producer over at Warner Brothers. Yeah, he's was... the guy responsible for Superman Returns, for Superman Lives that never happened with uh, with Nicolas Cage. He was the producer behind those movies. He was the producer behind Batman with Tim Burton. Um, he was he also was a, a hairdresser. He was a producer on all these movies, even the uh, yeah. even the Nolan movies. He was a producer. He was even a producer on uh, yeah, Man of Steel. He's still producing them all. So it's right. But he's a, he's I a big understand. league exec over there, though, right? Oh, yeah. um, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know yeah. what exactly he does. If he just invests money into the projects, because I mean, he really has no talent. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing really that he does. Sound like he has any real creative input? He's just yeah, at all. And I don't think he actually. That's about it. Well, here's the thing: he he actually had nothing to do with uh, the the Batman trilogy, the Nolan trilogy. Um, he did produce or executive produced Men of Steel. He produced Superman Returns. He is tied into the Superman franchise, not the Batman franchise. Now he was tied into the Batman franchise of the '90s. Yeah, but with, with Keaton and yeah, right. But he he's no longer tied into the uh, remember legendary pictures put together that trilogy with uh, with Nolan so that was more of their thing you know it had nothing to do with John Peters but he is involved in Men of Steel which well that explains why that sucked because he's involved in it you know he's which is funny because in 06, when uh, Superman Returns came out uh, he did an interview with Brian Singer and he was talking about how you know over all the years of the, you know all the failed attempts of getting Superman off the ground and everything they tried like the Nicolas Cage movie and how they kept failing because they were doing it wrong and finally it took a, a genius like Brian Singer to come along and and get it right and the, his story is the way it should be <laughs> and blah 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 and now years later we have Men of Steel and he said the same exact thing about Men of Steel and I'm like wait a second. Uh, deja vu is he just repeating yeah. himself what kind of a tool are you there John Peters like really which one, abandoning which, ship yeah which one actually did this was it was it um, Snyder or Singer you know they're two different guys that made two different Batman Superman they were completely different from one another so they can't both hold the same aesthetics you know what I mean right honestly now, of course, on that one, his role was reduced. He wasn't the main producer of the movie. He was just the executive producer, meaning it was more his money used than anything else. Uh, it wasn't you know, so much his uh, creative input like in, in Superman Returns. And in Superman Lives, he was going to be the main producer of that also. He is the one that wanted uh, 
Kevin Smith to rewrite the script and add polar bears and Superman without flight. And, oh, is you know, he super... that guy? That, is he that guy that Kevin Smith talks about? That That's says, the like, guy. You, you and me, we get Superman because we're from the streets. Is he that guy? That guy. That's okay. John Peters. That is John Peters. I yes, love that that's story. The guy. So. <laughs> so when you watch, so when you watch Wild Wild West and you see the giant spider, yeah. that is what he wanted in Superman Lives. That he never got his big giant spider, so they wrote it into Wild Wild West. Which is funny because Will Smith was offered the role of Superman before Nicolas Cage. He was offered to be the first Afro American Superman, and he turned it down because he's not retarded, and he knew that, that back then that would never fly. So he turned that role down, and eventually, I don't know. I think he, I think. Yeah, he, He's, I think he's retarded. It's just like he had a good agent at the time that, that they convinced him not to. It's like I don't see like how he could have been smart back then and be a complete retard nowadays. So, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the point is that uh, he was smart enough to turn that down back then. Because look, not because uh, you know there could never be a black Superman. I'm not saying that. Uh, the fact that back then well, there is in the comics there is right. Yeah, 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 no, I'm saying, but back then, cinematically, people would have been like, "Oh, Black Superman, that's that's blasphemy." You know oh, how people yeah, would have done. Like, it would have been they, stupid. Like, just I mean, look, look how stupid people are getting now with Michael B. Jordan playing uh, the Human Torch. Or, look how stupid people are getting about, that. When they were talking about doing the new Spider-Man, and they brought up maybe Miles being in the film, like that shit got all retarded once again with the right. whole. Right, and we're talking about now in 2015. Imagine in 2001, you know, if they would have had a uh, Will Smith playing Superman or 2000. I mean, that would have just not gone well at all. So. Uh, kudos to Will Smith for turning that down back then. The right move, obviously. And that movie never happened anyway because, you know, they screwed up. I mean, Nicolas Cage, really? So tell me how funny that would have Jesus. been. Jesus. Like, I'm flying to stop <laughs> this bomb. I mean, come on. That would have been so hilarious. Oh. Uh, that was actually pretty good. Pretty good Nicolas Cage there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I, watch, I, I, I enjoy his films. I love Right. I love how retarded he spazzed. I thought you were talking, so I stopped to be quiet for you. My bad. No, no, no. It was an awkward drop there for a second. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I like Nicolas Cage. I like how he spazzes out. He's a retard. But I have fun, even with his straight-to-video films. I can't help it. The guy cracks me up. Like, I love how he's not afraid to just be a retarded spaz in his movies. Yeah, now he's a retarded spaz. He's aging badly. Uh, we, we don't have a, uh, a top ten for ourselves this week, guys, but we are going to give uh, the top ten box office results for the week uh, before we go here because, uh, you know, we forgot to do that earlier. Um, we've been away for a while, so we, we're kind of uh, rusty. Uh, but let's go over the box, box office results here. Um, let's see. Number ten on the list, the movie Dope came in with uh, one million. Number nine, Me Great and Pearl. By the way, if you get a chance, watch Dope. That movie is hilarious. Is it Dope? I liked it, yeah. I would say it totally is. Dope is dope. All right, cool. Uh, number nine, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl made $1.3 million. Uh, number eight, San Andreas, still making some loot with $3 million. Number seven, the movie Spy came in at number seven with $5 million. The movie Max came in at number six with $6.6 million. Ted 2, in his third week of release, came in with $11 million. And, it, and new this week, uh, Magic Mike Double XL. Bombed at the box office, earning an $11 million debut. That's got to make you sad, huh, Jackal? I mean, I knew you no, had high hopes for that well, film. Uh, anyway, moving on. Number three <laughs> on the list, also new this week, Terminator Genesis. Did mediocre. $28 million 
opening week. Uh, number two, staying strong on the second, uh, actually in the second week of re- or the third week of release, uh, but second week at number two, Inside Out, brought in thirty point one million, and just barely beating that was uh, the number one movie last week and for four weeks in a row now, Jurassic World with thirty point nine million. Uh, incredible what that movie's doing at the box office. Right now, it's sitting pretty at $558 million domestically, 826 foreign for a $1.3 billion worldwide take. Uh, and that movie's not stopping anytime soon. So do you think we have a lot of really bad sequels to look forward to, like like Lost, yeah. Lost Planet, Jurassic World 2 or something? No, they'll just continue with Jurassic World 2 and 3. Then they'll give it another 15-year hiatus, and they'll come back with a Jurassic Universe. Jurassic Universe. <laughs> uh. Yeah, why not? Jurassic Universe. That's a, that's the problem. Like I loved the first film, but then the sequels were so awful. That's why I I don't I'm not buying into the hype of this film, and I'm waiting to watch it for free because I was so let down with the other Jurassic movies. No, no, this one is by far the best sequel of all of them. It really is. It is. better I mean, than the first one because people actually try to tell me that, and I don't buy it. No, it's not no, better than the no. first one. It's slightly worse than the first one. I mean, if you like the first one a lot, if it's one of those movies that you loved as a child, this will in no way replace that. I mean, it's not that good. But it is better than Part 2 and Part 3. It's definitely a worthy sequel to Yeah, but to there's it. dinosaur so. movies on the sci-fi channel that are better than Part 2 and 3. That's yes, but the uh, Dominus Rex in this movie, the new dinosaur they created, was really cool. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. In it. In fact, it was funny because not only is that, that dinosaur really cool, it's actually underused, I felt, in the movie. Uh, they would add a couple more scenes with it in it, it would have been a much better movie because yeah, I, it really I've is been, freaky looking. I've been told its appearance is equated to like the Godzilla in that um, last Godzilla movie. So, yeah. but I mean, but you get to see a lot of other dinosaurs. Like in the trailer, like I like right. that they showed like the crazy alligator dinosaurs and stuff, like the aquatic yep. ones. I thought that was neat to finally actually show in a film. Yeah, no, they did. They, they did a good job. I thought with uh, Jurassic World. Hell, I think the entire world thing they did a good job because it's made over a billion dollars at record. It time, made a so. billion dollars in thirteen days. That is unheard yeah, it's of. Crazy. That is now the movie's. It just took down the Dark Knight this past uh, this past week, actually, with uh, the five fifty eight. The next uh, movie on its uh, on its hit list is Marvel's The Avengers, which uh, made six hundred and twenty three million. Uh, I think it might get there and then die off somewhere right after that. Uh, so it'll stay somewhere at number three. I don't think it has. It, I don't think it has a chance for Titanic's six fifty eight or Avatar's seven sixty. I don't think it'll get that far up there. But which is depressing I, because it's, it's like not as as uninterested as I am in this film. Like I think that it's going to be completely better than either of those two movies. Oh, well, by far, Jurassic World is a much better movie than Avatar or Titanic, by far. I, I I mean I know I, I I'm I'm positive of that fact I just yep. you know like and that's sad that it's not going to be able to beat it but I have hopes you know if something can you know like I hope it does like I I wasn't that huge of a fan of American Sniper but I I was happy that it beat Hunger Games out of the number oh, one spot geez. last year you know yep. what I mean <laughs> oh yeah well there's a movie that uh, is coming out this year which I think has a chance at taking down Avatar. Oh Jesus! Star uh, yes, Wars is going to be a The Force yes. Awakens. Yep, there that's you gonna, go. I think. Yep, that's that's going to take down everything. I, I look. If this movie made a billion in thirteen days, Star Wars is going to make a billion in like eight days. Opening week, maybe ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? The amount people, of are you kidding people that, that thing? people oh. that haven't gone people that haven't gone to the movies in a decade are going to go to the movies to see this. You're, you're going to get more people out in the first week for Star Wars. It's going to well, be crazy. Well, bro, after 
after um, Attack of the Clones, I swore that I would never. Oh wait, wait that's not uh, Revenge of the Sith. I said I'd never go to the theater to see another Star Wars movie, and I'm going to go see this damn thing opening day. So I mean, that that that's that's something. that tells you everything. That yeah. tells you everything right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for, for this. December. Oh man! Can't the only wait. thing that could get me more excited is if they made a film of the graphic novel, The Star Wars, because I want to see that live action. But this will have to do until that finally comes out. You know what? Eventually, Disney will probably do that. It would be that would be so great because I love just how much that movie's like A New Hope, but it is nothing like A New Hope. It's just such a great creation, like mm-hmm. such an amazing graphic novel. I mean, of course, it would have to be something completely rebooting the franchise. Which that would be kind of weird, you know. I, I wouldn't. Well, they could get J.J. Uh, Abrams to do it. Oh wait, yeah, no, no. <laughs> he's already doing it. My bad. Oh. Star Wars is the one franchise I never want to see rebooted. Like I want to see them just move forward and never reboot the thing. You know, move forward. Even you could even move, move backwards. Still stories in, in the past or whatever, but yeah, always I, in the same continuity. You know, never yeah. reboot the thing. Yeah, um, tales of the um, old republic and stuff. You know, like those those graphic right. novels were amazing too. So like those could make amazing films if they right. they're done right, which I'm pretty sure they can unless they get people like Josh Trake to make them or something. Right, Obi Wan for example, that's another good one. Guys, oh, yeah. we're all out of time. Uh, the Outer Edge is next with uh, William uh, William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz. So please stick around for that. We ran over a little bit here because we got too caught up in our conversation, but uh, they're on next. So. Stick around. This is PSN Radio. Good night, everybody.